With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. It's a game so significant that they're already writing songs about it. Hey, Solo. Yo. Man. I don't know if you want to do this song, man, Solo. Y'all play Alabama, man. Crimson Tide, man. So, the Dynasty. Man, it's solo. Game, man. No, Solo, don't do it. No. Beat up, Pema. 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 Baby, ask me who gon' win it. We the answer. And it's on Travel up to Georgia, bring the storm Crowd right behind him, that's the game Get up on that field and bring the pain Hey, look, save it, this occasion will not be taken Granted, cause we planning to come out blazing Mercedes, being steady, I'm gon' feel it Drill us back, come like silverback, we gorilla Like, you could check the roster, see the team stack Like, road to redemption, we got king back
Miami Hurricanes versus Alabama. September 4th is going down in Atlanta. Last year's national championship team think they got what it takes to beat this orange and green. That crimson and white is going to put up a fight, but I believe we get the dub by the end of the night. And if you don't believe, then I can already see that you and Coach Cooper just never agree. 305 to the 470. Sell out crowd, we're going to put on a show. Saber might be a legendary coach, but I think it's about time for him to finally choke. On this turnover chain and these touchdown rings, swagged out so much that I can hardly breathe. We scared of you, and you know it's true. Tied fans in denial, they ain't got a clue. They think it's going to be an easy game. <laughs> but let me lay something out for you today. Let's get it. This is going to be how the game's going to go. Real talk. Bama fans, keep up, because I know you kind of slow. Stupid. King leads the team out, first down, hand off to Cameron, touchdown. Now Manny's defense is taking the field, squad full of headhunters and they're out for blood. Bryce Young looking right on fans thinking he's dumb, stats way down low just like the income. Nick Saban got fans' heads all inflated, fourth quarter rolls around, it's time we deflate it. Pours up, cause you know how we do, move out the way the Canes are coming through. There's a hurricane warning for Atlanta, Georgia, and it's a category five, man, I always we might be known as the cardiac canes The four gallus on the squad though we're never afraid If you think that she will just lay down and quit You've got another thing coming this year We're legit straight certified A case of monster Some might even know us as the football monsters Been waiting for our time and it's finally here Famous bandwagon fans about to disappear And Manny Diaz We trust Saban's retirement 2021 All right, so no matter your song of choice, they get an A-plus for effort, no doubt. And um, there probably is no argument amongst all of you listening out there tonight that this is the opportunity of a lifetime for the Miami Hurricanes, opening a new season with the defending national champion, you know, the great power of college football in the last decade, the Alabama Crimson Tide. The Tide have a new quarterback this year with no track record. They have a new offensive staff, um, star-studded one, Bill O'Brien, the coordinator, Doug Marone, coaching the offensive line. I, I mean, who the heck gets a former NFL head coach to coach the offensive line of a college team? Unless it's Nick Saban. But they've been in the NFL, and there's an adjustment, and you just never know how long that adjustment might take. Hopefully it takes at least a few quarters before they – you know, figure out that the college game's a little bit different than the uh, than the pro game. We've got a possible hangover from winning the national title, so Alabama might be susceptible to an upset. Might be as susceptible to an upset as they will be at any point this season. But what can we expect from the Hurricanes in this game? That's what we need to talk about tonight. In De'Ara King, Miami has a veteran quarterback playing in the same system for the second year in a row time in his career. Think about that. What impact will that have on King? Will King show up even better than what we saw a year ago? He certainly has a stable of playmakers around him. In Rhett Lashley, he has a coordinator who has literally saved the program by injecting a fast and good offensive attack into the equation. And what about the defense? Well, the head coach has put himself back in charge of it, tying his own career fortunes behind his abilities to dial up enough pressure to force enough mistakes this season to give the Hurricanes a chance 
to win every game. And I'll say every game because we'll include the Alabama game because that's going to be the game plan. Manny's going after him, guarantee you. He is not going to sit on his heels and let Nick Saban steamroll him. If he's getting steamrolled, he's going to get steamrolled going down fighting. I think we're going to see blitzes from all over the place. I think we're going to see stunts at the line of scrimmage. I think we're going to see them do everything that they could possibly do to get that young quarterback, Bryce Young's head, racing like crazy. And it can happen. I mean, he's playing for the first time. This is it's a big stage for him to be making his debut as Alabama's starting quarterback. But will Miami have the horses to be competitive against a program that has been doing it all right for so many years? The Canes have failed miserably on this kind of stage for the past decade plus. So that's the stage being set for the madness that we're going to see in Atlanta on Saturday. That's the real-life scene at Miami as the moving van pulled up to the Hex Schwartz Center today to be loaded up for Atlanta. And man, was it a nice-looking moving van. I would have gotten some pictures for y'all, but the dang thing was taking so long to park. They had, the, it, the traffic was backed up for like two, three blocks. And I said, the heck with this after about 10 minutes, and I did a quick U-turn. But it's a nice-looking moving van, and we'll try to get a picture of it for you at some point here, maybe outside the stadium in Atlanta. But the moving van is being loaded up. The Canes are going to show up Saturday. Football is back. Cane Sport Live is back. Hello again, everybody. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of Canesport.com, and we welcome you once again to the season premiere of The People Show, Canesport Live. As, as always, it's your show. It'll be driven by your participation. The call-in number is 563-999-3550. That's 563-999-3550. As always, 100 open phone lines, plenty of room for everybody to call in and participate. You know the drill from past years. If you want to come on the show, you hit the number one on your keypad. That puts you in the queue, and we bring you on the show in the order that you land in the queue. Uh, we once again ask the subscribers at canesport.com to post topics and questions that they would like to hear discussed on tonight's show, and we'll address those during the course of the evening. So what's the question on everybody's mind? Can Miami be competitive against Alabama or is this game going to be another lopsided affair against a quality team the way the Clemson has repeatedly been over the past several years, the way LSU was when they were in Dallas a couple years ago? I decided to go right to the source to try to get this answered and ask Manny Diaz himself where he feels his program stands going into year three of his tenure. Obviously, you've spent a lot of time watching Alabama tape, probably more than one season, and when you evaluate it, uh, how far away do you feel that the Miami program is right now in relation to the program that's been at the pinnacle of college football for this long? And then my other question would be that the offseason's coming to a close. Uh, you know, you've made moves to improve the staff. Uh, you've picked up some key pieces in the transfer portal again. Um, as you go into the season now, are you starting to have a better feeling that it might all be coming together for you? I guess I'll start with your second question first. Um, I, I think we're improved, um, which is a point. I felt like this time last year we were improved from where we were in 2019. 
Um, and you mentioned just the, the additions of the people we've brought in into our program, whether it's players, staff. Uh, I think we've been a better version of Miami um, in the three years that this program has been around. Um, now, you know, we, we still have, we still have the next three or four months to to, to prove that out on the field. Uh, but I think our guys are ready to to, to show everybody. I think that the type of team that we have. Um, but in relation to your first question, I mean, th th that's very difficult to answer because we're going to play those guys on Saturday. And, and all we have to do on Saturday is, is find a way to be one point better uh, than they are. This is not a 162-game season or we don't get to play a best out of seven. So it, it, it'd, be, it'd be weird to make some sort of comparison to say where we are in relation to them when we haven't played them yet. What they have done is they've accomplished a lot of things that have not been accomplished in historic levels in college football. I mean, that's, that's just where it's been. Uh, similar to a run that happened here, similar to a run that, that, you know, I was a part of at Florida State. So, um, you know, that's why they have our respect. But as we know, this is a new year. Uh, there's, there's new personnel on both sides. Um, and we only play one game. It's college football. It's the ultimate small sample size sport. Um, and so we'll, get, we'll, we'll, be, we'll be there Saturday at 3.30. They'll be there Saturday at 3.30. And before we get to your calls, let me just take a couple moments here and give you guys my summation of where the team is to set the stage for tonight and the phone calls to come. Uh, at quarterback, D.R. King could not have looked better all training camp. I mean, one of the most amazing things I've ever seen, the way this guy came back from his ACL surgery. From day one, you never would have known that he had ever been injured. I mean, every practice, every scrimmage. The guy is just so consistent, um, and he has as many weapons around him right now as a Miami offense has had in a while. I'm not sure that there's a superstar in that group of receivers and tight ends and running backs. Not sure there's a superstar, but there's a ton of depth, and there's a ton of guys that can make plays. And there's position competition, especially that receiver, unlike anything we've seen in a while. Um, if King can take his practice field self to the game, I think Miami can approach averaging 40 points a game this season. I really do. So it'll be interesting to see how that ends up playing out. And I know everybody wants to know about the backup quarterback battle. And you're, you're probably noticing you're not getting a lot out of the coaches. Um, I think right now it's too close to call. At the beginning of camp, I thought Jake Garcia looked a shade better. Um, but I'll tell you what. By today's practice, I thought Van Dyke looked every bit as good. And um, this is the best quarterback room Miami's had in a while. Uh, when I watched these three throw in practice this morning, I didn't feel there was a dis discernible difference. I really didn't. And, um, you know, obviously they're, you know, they're, they're not in live game action where things are going to be a lot different. But in terms of pure physical ability, I mean, these two young guys, Van Dyke and Garcia, uh, can spin it. I'm telling you. So, if your question is what would happen if Eric King were to have to come out of the game for whatever reason, my guess is that Rhett Lashley would go with, with Tyler Van Dyke just because he's a year older and he's got a, you know just a, a year in the system and, and might be a little bit better prepared to handle that situation. But long term, you know, next year, who's going to be the starter? Um, I think it's too close to call. I, I, I really like some of the intangibles I see of Jake Garcia, but, you know, the, the abilities of Tyler Van Dyke, you know, can't be ignored. And uh, to me, he's gotten progress, progressively better in training camp. All right, running back from the start of camp, I felt that Cam Harris, uh, he looked the part of that workhorse running back that Rhett Lashley said he was seeking this year. Uh, he looked fit. He looked fast all throughout camp. 
But I've come to the conclusion now that there is not much of a difference between the big three, and all of them are going to have roles this season. I don't think there's going to be one guy. I mean, Harris was named the starter, but it'll probably depend on the play calls, who's in the game play to play. And uh, my gut is that Cheney and Knighton will get plenty of solid opportunities uh, as the season goes along to impact the game. And uh, one of the stories that we have on the website, canesport.com, tomorrow morning, uh, talks about one of the weak spots that we observed in Alabama's game when we reviewed film and took a look at some of their games last year and stuff. And I think that uh, Cheney and Knighton and Cam Harris really could all play a big role in exploiting that on Saturday. Uh, so I, I, I think it's going to remain running back high by committee. I think Lashley will try to ride the hot hand week to week. Uh, all right. The wide receiver position, uh, really compelling. Uh, Keyshawn Smith finally rose to the occasion and claimed the starting position, which I think is a huge positive for the Canes offense. I really like Smith. I think he has a chance to really blossom this season. Charleston Rambo and Mike Harley are the other starters. I think Rambo is going to get a ton of touches as teams game plan more for Harley this season based on what he did the latter half of last year. A guy to watch for at receiver is Xavier Restrepo. This kid is like the new toy that you don't want to put away. I mean, every practice, every every uh, scrimmage situation, it really in the spring and fall, he was getting a ton of looks, a, a, um, a, a ton of reps, and they, you know he clearly has earned the trust of his teammates and the coaches. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of Restrepo this year, particularly on money downs. He he just has a knack for getting open. Another young guy who made a move this offseason was Michael Redding. And um, if you guys who've been, you know, who follow what we do closely every day know that we've been talking about him since early in training camp. He was flashing in the parts of practice that we were able to watch from the very beginning. So it wasn't a surprise to us that he landed in the two deep. Um, but, you know, he's the guy that's on the rise. He's not, I don't think he's ready for a full load yet, but he's on, a ri- on the rise. Uh, D. Wiggins hung in there. And also maintained the place in the two-deep rotation. Mark Pope did not. Um, but if Pope doesn't pout, if Pope keeps working, I'm sure he's going to get opportunities to play this season. And then there are the true freshmen. Wow, is all I can tell you. Jacoby George, Romello Brinson, Richard Smith. They already have a nickname, the Three Amigos. And, uh, man, I'll tell you, they had fantastic training camps. And... Uh, their roles are only minimal going into the Alabama game because of the number of guys ahead of them and the fact that this opener against Bama is really built for guys who have been out there under the lights before. But I think we're going to see the young guys get spot action throughout the season. I would personally use each of them in four games and try to preserve redshirt status for them because, you know, you don't know how things are going to go, and these guys are really good players and uh, – you know, if they get good enough to go to the NFL after three years, they get good enough to go to the NFL after three years. You don't need them to um, be a dominant force in the offense this year because of the more established guys you have ahead of them. Um, but you can get each of them in four games this year. That's what I would personally do. We'll see what Rhett Lashley and Manny Diaz decide to do there. All right, tight end, you all know about Will Mallory. Had the sensational camp that you would expect. He really began to shine to me when he got into football shape and, you know, it took a week or two of fall camp for that to happen in my opinion, but I noticed a, a difference and uh, he's in, he's in real good shape now. Um, 
made a lot of plays in the last scrimmage. He's going to catch a lot of footballs this season. Um, I've heard the number 60 mentioned next to his name as a guy that can catch five balls a game. Wouldn't be the least bit surprised if it played out that way. The new face to tight end uh, is Elijah Arroyo, who, uh, who earned the respect of teammates and coaches with every passing day this fall. I'm still not convinced that Lashley doesn't opt for four receivers more than he does two tight ends this season. But there will be times when Arroyo gets a chance to play. He's proven to be a really, really, really um, good blocker. All right, on the offensive line, a lot of internal optimism uh, about the starting group. You know, Zion Nelson, Jalen Rivers, Corey Gaynor, Navon Donaldson back in action, Jared Williams at the right tackle position. But I'll tell you, it is imperative, folks, that these guys stay healthy the entire season. Miami is ridiculously thin behind them. Um, DJ Scaife has been groomed to be a quality swing backup who can go in at every position. Um, I personally don't feel great about UNLV transferred uh, Justin uh, Aluwasun. Um, I guess is how he pronounces his name. I, I'm not. Uh, I wasn't overwhelmed by what I saw there. Um, I still personally think Jakai Clark is undersized, is going to be hit and miss because of that, as he was last year. Um, he also was sidetracked by a car accident. So I don't feel great about the O-line position. I, you know, I think the starters can be workmanlike and, and pretty good. Uh, but if they got to start going to the depth, it could become problematic very quickly. And there simply are too many guys at this position group who don't seem to have a future. So Miami will be keeping its fingers crossed there that the starting five can make it through the season. On the defensive line, the, um, the opening depth chart was full of surprises. Uh, a tackle, you had John Ford, Jared Harrison Hunt uh, claiming the starting jobs with presumed starter Nesta Silvera in a swing role behind them. I mean, I, I think we all were surprised to see that. We, you know, we, we've been, had, there's been so much talk, Nesta, 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 and uh, the importance of Nesta rising up and, and, and playing better this year. Well, um, right now they got him in a swing role at both tackle positions. It'll be a a rotation. Uh, you might see Jordan Miller in there a little bit as well. And then as the season goes on, I'm, I don't know that you'll see it in, against Alabama, but I would look for Leonard Taylor and Elijah Roberts to start getting some playing time at the defensive tackle as the year goes on. Those are two guys that are ready to be developed. Um, at end, another huge surprise, Jafari Harvey beating out Tennessee transfer DeAndre Johnson for starting duties. I mean, when DeAndre Johnson came here from Tennessee, I think we all assumed this guy is going to be the starter at defensive end. I mean, there, was, there didn't seem to be many other options. But uh, Jafari Harvey got better in the offseason. I think uh, Manny Diaz is trying to make the defense a little more stout against the run on early downs for Alabama. And um, so he went for the marginally bigger and more stout uh, Harvey uh, than, than Johnson. Johnson's more a finesse-type defensive end. Uh, he'll try to be a factor uh, rushing the passer in third and long if Miami's fortunate enough to get Alabama in some of those situations. Uh, Zach McLeod claimed the other end spot. Uh, that was kind of interesting. I, I give Zach a ton of credit. You know, he put in the work this offseason. He polished his skills at end. And um, he beat out Chance Williams, a, a young guy who's a pure defensive end who was, who was competing with him for that job. Um, but look, there's, there's no sugarcoating the defensive end position. You know, Miami's thin there, uh, not a lot of proven quality. And, you know, these guys are really going to have to step up in a big-time way 
Uh, I don't think anybody expects them to even uh, remotely approach the level of last season at that position. All right, the uh, the linebacker position I still maintain might be the scariest spot Miami has ever started a season with for a defensive position group. I, I, I just can't remember. I mean, maybe there's other comparisons, but, I mean, I can't remember them. I, I mean, no proven talent there at all. You know, I think everyone would agree on that. Um, there's some internal hope for the designated starters, Corey Flagg, Keontra Smith. Smith, in particular, had a great training camp. Um, but let's be honest, they might get steamrolled by Alabama. You know, Alabama's going to have a good, good, good personnel up front. These guys have not played. They're going to likely, you know, be a little tentative at times. And um, this one might get ugly. You know, I, you know, we'll have to see. Um, they just don't seem to have the experience or the seasoning to deal with a situation like this. Uh, Smith's going to try to make up for a size deficiency with speed. Uh, but we'll see how that goes. Uh, the backups are journeyman Bradley Jennings and Wayman Steed. Um, he's battled injuries throughout his time at Miami. Sam Brooks is still having problems with an injured toe from spring practice, and he was unable to, to become a factor in training camp. So, yeah, it, it's a rough situation at linebacker. And um, I expect Alabama to come out and go right at Miami's front seven, test those deep guys up front on the defensive line, uh, certainly test these linebackers. And uh, it's going to be really interesting to see if they're able to hold up. If, you know, if they're not, it could turn into the North Carolina game very quickly. I mean, that's just that's just the facts. I mean, uh, so we'll see. I mean, no predictions from me, uh, certainly on that. Uh, we'll see how, how that one goes. All right, striker, interesting. Amari Carter moves from, from safety to striker, beats out Gil Frierson to start. Uh, Diaz loves Carter. He loves the physicality he brings. He loves the attitude he brings uh, to the field on game day. Uh, Carter's going to be used not just as striker, but he'll be used at safety also. So Frierson will get plenty of reps. Uh, you can bank on that. But um, still a great accomplishment by Amari Carter to walk over there and win that starting job. The uh, cornerbacks. The depth chart was interesting at this position as well. As presumed starter Tyreek Stevenson was listed in a swing role at both positions with Corey Couch and DJ Ivey named as starters. Um, perhaps the reason for that is Stevenson's ability to swing inside and outside. They can match him up with bigger receivers depending on where, uh, in this case, Alabama um, might line guys up. You know, they can, they can, they can use Tyreek in game planning. Um, so I'm sure Tyreek's going to get as many snaps as anybody. Um, but right now he's listed as a swing backup. And um, Al Blades and Isaiah Dunson are competing for minutes at that position. Blades has also been getting a look at safety. Um, speaking of safety, Bubba Bolden and Gervin Hall uh, maintain their starting jobs. Uh, but I think they might have to play better than they did in 2020 to hold on to them the entire season. And that's because freshman James Williams and Cam Kinchins are sitting there on deck. And I, I like what I've seen of those two guys. And quite frankly, I didn't think Bolden and Hall played so great in the latter part of last season. And Bolden is getting an enormous amount of hype going into this year. Um, I think we got to hope he fulfills it because if he fulfills it, that'll be good for the Canes defense. But I want to see him fulfill it. I want to see this guy. I mean, this guy was supposed to have the talent to be an all ACC level safety. I want to see that this year from Bubba Bolden. I don't want to hear talk. I, I, don't, I don't want to hear uh, a bunch of hype. 
Okay, I want to see because he appears to have the ability to be that kind of player. I'm not sure. There were times last year he looked a little slow. I'm not sure if he was hurt or what the situation was. But I want to see this guy put together a season this year, and uh, hopefully that happens. Uh, kicker, Andy Borgalis has looked very good in the limited exposure we've had to him. I don't think I've seen him miss a kick, quite frankly. Um, looks very, 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 very polished and uh, for a freshman kicker. And when he's, at least when he's practicing in the indoor, uh, they seem to be going through the uprights. Now, uh, it'll obviously be different when he has to go out there and do it on Saturdays, uh, but he seems to have the confidence and he seems to have the polish. So um, I'm, I'm, I have high hopes for Andy Borregalis. And, of course, at punter, Lou Headley is one of the best in the nation. The return guys this year look like they're going to be uh, Restrepo and Mike Harley on kickoffs and Stevenson and Restrepo on punts. All right, enough talking by me. Now it's your turn. Um, you know the, the number, 563-999-3550. 563-999-3550. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. And the first call of the new season goes out to the 786. I wonder who this is. You're live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing this evening? Gary, my friend, how are you? Everything. How are you, man? I'll tell you what. You were messaging me up for the last few months. You were, you wanted you wanted this Kane Sport Live moment back in your life, so I'm not the least bit surprised that you're the first caller. Uh, what do you have for us tonight? Well, first of all, Gary, I want to commend you and Matt and uh, the other young men that joined your, uh, your organization for up providing a little bit. all those. Uh, I just wanted to uh, commend you guys on providing all the uh, the updates you do on a daily basis now on YouTube and what you're doing on, on social media, so thanks for uh, giving us some more information. And keeping thank, us you for, thank you for looking at it, man. Appreciate that, Gary. Um, I've been very excited. I've been uh, somewhat nervous. But for the most part, Gary, I've got to tell you that the last four months in particular, uh, I think that Manny has made some questionable decisions and that he's made some great decisions. Uh, the decision, I feel, to not get an experienced linebacker unless they were willing to get two years a two-year commitment, I think that's going to hurt us down the road. Uh, but the decision to go ahead and uh, bring in an extra offensive lineman, given the, the uncertainty we've had with injuries, uh, car accidents, things of that nature, I thought that was a, a great move to bring in the kid from UNLV. I know he hasn't really impressed or passed the eye test yet, but from what I'm told, uh, when you line it up, the kid executes really well. is very good mentally. But uh, – he made some, some decisions that were good, some that were bad. And, and then on uh, the most recent decision that seemed to catch all of us totally off guard uh, was the situation with this young man from DeLand, Florida. Um, many of us felt that, you know, the immediate decision was a bit of a panic move. Uh, instead of letting this young man have his day, there's a thing called due process. And uh, I understand the severity of the situation. So I, I was a little bit uncomfortable with that. I thought a suspension would have been better. I mean, but however you look at it, as Manny mentioned yesterday, he still would have been out the last three, four weeks anyway and still would have been put further behind. But uh, I was I was hoping they'd give this young man a chance to have some due process. So that kind of was uh, upsetting. But the realization that this university was able to disseminate 
uh, and look at all the facts and, and look at the situation as a whole, I think was the best, it was, it was in the best interest of all parties involved. And I'm glad he was given a second opportunity to be a, a member of this program. And although he'll have to sit up the first six weeks, uh, he will be a partner. He will play, uh, in my opinion, he will make a difference. Uh, but getting to the, the keys of where, where our program is right now, Gary, i got a couple of things I must say, and I know I'll let you go because so many people are behind me here, but the number one thing that concerns me is it, it's about our offense. Uh, the 2021 year will not be about our defense. It won't be how good Manny schemes up. It won't be how many big-time stops we get. It won't be how many times the chain comes out. This year, the success this year will be predicated on offense. We have joined the rest of contemporary college football. This is year two of Red System. Uh, we've got some major, major uh, performers coming back. And, and I, I called at the end of last year. I didn't think Eric would be ready. I, I thought it, it looked pretty bad. But to see what he's been able to do in the last um, eight months is beyond incredible. Uh, it's, it's just something I've never seen. In, in my 63 years, I've never seen anything like it, Gary. So I, oh my I'm, God, you, you have no idea. I mean, and you have no idea. Like you haven't seen it up close. It, it's one of the most amazing things I've seen. Like, you know, from the first practice, from the first minute, like he 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 ran out there like he had never been hurt. And it was early in the first practice where he had his first chance to scramble, and it looked to me like he had decided in advance that he was going to do it. And uh he just took off and he planted it off the right foot, just like he had scripted it and cut uh, inside and, and ran into the end zone. And I mean, everybody like the practice field is kind of like, Oh my God. Like they like, you could tell like people like stopped breathing out there for a minute. And um, that was the Eric King's way of sending a message. I think to his teammates and his coaches, like I'm back baby. And uh, you know, let me lead you. You know, I'm 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 here for you, and you know, let's go. You know, let's let let's go. Let's go do this, and and I think that's the effect that it had. I mean, really, it, it was it, it's been amazing to watch. He has never looked to me like he was ever hurt. It's interesting that you bring this up, Gary, because I think that has been a boost or a catalyst for this team to be better mentally, for this team to put in the extra, because that's all we've seen the last couple of weeks is these kids putting the extra the extra work in, and it's been like almost uh, he is the center point of where this program's going. And with that, you look at the offensive line, and we've had some injuries there, G, and it concerns me because anytime you miss six, seven, eight practices as Zion has missed, and you're nicked up, and even though he's gingerly being brought back into to the, to the speed of things, you know, that's, those days you don't get those days back. So I think that's the concern that I have going in is the chemistry of that offensive line because we've had to move guys around the last two scrimmages. We've had to move guys around in terms of practice. And let's face it, you know, that, that's the first line of defense for, uh, for Gehrig's health is that offensive line. So hopefully uh, we're going to be okay there. But I do have some concerns going forward uh, facing this juggernaut that we are, we are about to face in a couple of days. Yep, no doubt. Do you got anything else for us tonight? And, and then, yeah, the last thing I wanted to would touch upon, you know, you mentioned uh, our running back situation. Uh, we've heard so much out there about uh, Mr. Knighton being uh, 
suspended for the first game. And I think that if that is definitely the case, which I'm hearing, it's it's pretty 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 much a, a sure thing that he will be uh, not in uniform this weekend. When you look at that, now you've got two running backs. And my concern is is Rhett going to take this into account in terms of creating a scheme as to what we're going to be doing, what what what. Uh, what plays are is he really going to focus on? Because if you only have two backs and one is questionable in pass pro, which which Cheney has been, and one thing I can say about Cam, Cam's a better pass protector, uh, and you're facing this speed uh, that we haven't we haven't seen in such a long time, and let alone we're seeing it to start off the year. I'm wondering, Gary, how that's going to impact the efficiency of Derek's protection as well. And, and, I think and we're getting rid of the ball so quick, everything. I, I mean, I'm expecting matter. a lot of quick passing game in, in in this game. I'm not. I don't think that he's going to be dropping back and sitting back there for three three seconds very very often. I really don't. I mean, that that would not be the recipe that I certainly would draw up for this game. I mean, Alabama is going to win the line of scrimmage on both sides. I mean, I mean, it, it, to think any other way right now is probably not realistic. I mean, if it plays out differently, awesome. But those guys are going to flat out be better at the line of scrimmage than, than Miami is. I mean, I don't think that do – you, do, you, do, you do you doubt that? I don't doubt that one bit. And, and I think you're absolutely correct that everything scheme-wise that's being done, that uh, has been put into this game plan, is, is, is going to be quick. But that also has its downside because if you're Bama – you're going to say, let's go eight in the box, let's go nine in the box, and, and I dare you to beat me. And when Derek has faced that, even when fully healthy, you know, he struggled making those quick, deep throws. And, and, and it's going to be a true test early on. So if we're not able to quickly, upon getting our first possession, if we're not able to go ahead and get a first down right away and make a couple big plays, it's going to be a very long day because that means our offense can't match up with their deep with their defense, and we know going in, our defense will, is going to struggle matching up with their offense. Now I know we've got a young quarterback in Alabama. Those are all the things. Those are the obvious. Okay, that, those are the optics that we're all aware of. But most importantly, if you look at what Mandy does traditionally, he's going to hit you in the mouth right away. So we're going to be the aggressor defensively which is going to make us susceptible to a couple big plays early on. But if we're able to hit this kid early and we're able to contain him and force him to make one or two bad decisions, that might give the the offense a little bit of a breathing room and some more confidence that, okay, let's settle in and let's execute because it comes down. It's no longer just a a game in the trenches, Gary. It's also a game in terms of spreading your opponent out and taking what they give you. All right, because everybody does the same damn thing. What you like to do, we take away. What you don't like to do, we go ahead and we force you to go ahead and go there. And if you don't want to go there early on, you're going to struggle. But once we're able to establish that, you know, I, I think that's going to be huge. And the last thing I got to talk about is our special teams. When you look at our special teams, we have a very experienced punter, probably the best punter in the country. Hopefully, he's going to be very on. He's going to be on point, helping us flip the field. But you're looking at a young kicker, and that's your first game. So we're going to find out what this, what the young Borgalis is all about because I'm telling you, our specials might have a chance early on in this game to keep things going for us in a positive manner. 
Gary, I appreciate your time. Phenomenal season. And, and again, go Kings, baby. All right, man. Thanks for getting the show off on the right foot. Appreciate it. All right, 563-999-3550, 563-999-3550. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go out to the 845. You're live on Kane Sport Live, and I think I know who this one is. Yep. Hi, guys. What's up, Greg? How you been, buddy? I've been good. How are you? Doing good, doing good. Welcome back to Kane Sport Live. Yeah, I'm getting ready to go. I'm going to the game, so. Uh, oh, good. Make sure you holler at me if you see if you're. Are you lower level? Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I'll look for I want to start off. I want to. You mentioned the uh, the linebacking core. Keontra Smith, five eleven, two oh five. Mm-hmm. Corey Flagg, 5'11", 230. Amari mm-hmm. Carter, 6'2", 202. Uh, Gilbert Frierson, 6'1", 210. Mm-hmm. Why can't we get a, line, a, a normal-sized linebacker? Six years this guy's been there. He can't recruit any great linebackers. What, how, how is that possible? That we're scraping the bottom of the barrel. Keontra Smith is a good player, but he's 210 pounds. Evan Neal is going to steamroll these people. He's 370 pounds. <laughs> I mean, come on already. Is Amari Carter going to last more than one play? Is he going to get a contact to the head and get thrown out like he usually does? Come yeah. on with this. No, like I, I mean, I starting This is a disaster. I mean, it, it I could it, it, it could evolve like that, Greg. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I mean, it, you know, we'll, we're going to find out. I mean, I, listen, there's going to be a difference between this game on Saturday and the other eleven on the schedule. So I um, I caution all of us, including myself, uh, to not overreact if things don't go well up there on Saturday. Um, you know, we know the personnel on the other sideline is significantly better. They've recruited at a much higher level. Uh, I mean, for me, it's been one of my big issues, as you guys know. I mean, that, you know, we just don't haven't, we don't recruit well enough at Miami. It, it, you know, it, it just, it just isn't, isn't good enough to compete at the upper level of college football right now. So, um, you know, it wouldn't be surprising if it plays out the way you're you're forecasting it. Uh, I do think that the offense can have some moments against Bama. The, the question is, can they have enough moments to keep up? And you know, we'll see. I think Manny's going to take a lot of chances. Like I said earlier, I don't. He's not going to sit there and wait to be crushed like the, the way you're describing. I I would be stunned if he did that. I think he's going to be shooting guys into gaps, and he he's going to be bringing pressure from all over the place and if they can handle it uh all the power to him but i mean he has to know what you're saying i mean he he has to know that physically they are out man so he's gonna have to try to do something schematically in my opinion i mean this quarterback he's the guy played at the top high school in the country he's played in big games his whole life I mean, he's not. I, I, don't, I don't think he's going to be affected that much. Okay, 
Um, my next point is um, Manny's recruiting style this year. We got nine recruits. We're rolling the dice big time because Basante, Kelly, and Stewart are all waiting till signing day. What happens if they don't pick us? Well, what are we going to get, plan D guys at that point? Where is the defensive line recruit? Where's the offensive line recruit? The there, one guy we listen, got. I, I mean, you team. answered the question, Greg. You answered it for I yourself. I mean, where, where is it? They're, they're having to, to re-engage with plan B. Listen, I give them credit. They started out the year trying uh, trying to do what – I know I've been screaming for for years, and 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 like they they have tried to raise the level of their game in recruiting. Uh, they took a shot at Jacob Hood, for example, on the O line. Um, he, he ended up picking Georgia. They, I mean, at least they battled it. I mean, it looked like they had a real chance for a while. They just run out of gas. Like they can't. They don't have the juice. And and. and you know, I, I don't want to. You know, I'll upset people if I say the level of recruiters, but I mean, like, it, it's not. We don't have a staff of T. Robs. Like, you know, T. Rob stands out like a sore thumb because he's such a high level recruiter. And you know, um, they they did just make a move. The one thing I will say about Manny, okay, and and I think you know, you know, I think that he came into this job totally ill prepared for it, and uh, it, it, that it probably shouldn't have happened. But the one thing I will say about Manny is he doesn't sit around like he sees what's going on in recruiting. And I don't know if you noticed, but they just made an adjustment on the staff and they elevated Steve field, the tight ends coach to recruiting coordinator. Now Steve Fields, a guy like this guy knows how to run recruiting. And I'm not saying he can, he's going to make a difference himself either, but like, I think that was a good move by Manny to try to shore, you know, improve the recruiting situation. But like, yeah, I mean, like they started out trying to do better, and you know they they battled hard for Shamar Stewart. But man, like that kid was coming to Miami every two days, and then all of a sudden he started taking trips to Ohio State, to Texas A and M, and those regular visits to Miami ended. I don't think he's been there in weeks, and it's becoming pretty clear that he's not going to probably go to Miami. And um, you know, it's it's tough, man. Like. You know, we got a, we got a reprieve last year. Let's be ha- happy about that. We got we got some really good players in this year's recruiting class. Uh, some of them probably would not have come if it was nor- a normal situation and there was no COVID. Uh, so th- that was a, that was a band aid that helped. But in this cycle, it looks like we're back to business as usual. Uh, if you look at the, the top, say six, seven players in South Florida, it doesn't look like any of them are coming to Miami right now. And, uh, you know, it's disappointing. Uh, you know, you have to hope they get Wesley, uh, the saint. I, I really like what I see in him. Uh, you know, he looks like he's a guy that can help a lot. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, they're struggling Greg and, and, you know, we could sit here and bitch and moan about it all we want, but that won't make a difference either. I mean, it, it is what it is. All right. My last quick point. Well, how many points do you think Nick Saban's worth versus Manny Diaz? Twenty-one. I'm not. I'm not even going to go there. <laughs> like, yeah, come on. Okay. Like, okay. I think. I think we need. It's a new season. It's year number three for Manny. Uh, I think we got to give him a shot here to see if he can make a forward move. I, I think it's there. If they can pull this team together, I think they're going to be favored in almost every game. 
So sure. well, yeah, they should I, they should win no less than ten out of twelve games. Anything I mean, I, my personal bar is at nine, Greg. I, 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 I'm personally putting the bar at nine. Uh, you know, I'm working on my on my uh, preseason column that I do every year, where I I try to predict what's going to happen. I'm going to put it at nine because, uh, like you just did now talked about all the problems. I mean, you don't think those problems are going to rear their head in other games than Alabama? I mean, North Carolina's got a good offensive line. NC State has a good offensive line. Um, I haven't seen enough of, like, the Virginias and the Virginia Techs and the Pitts of the world to really comment on those But uh, at this point. But uh, th- these problems that you're mentioning aren't going to be one-game problems. I mean, there's going to be teams that match up in those areas that are going to, you know, give us problems through the course of the year. I mean, there's going to be some shootouts this year. There's going to be close games. I, I mean, this is not going to be all waltz to 10 victories and only lose to Alabama and maybe one other game. But, you know, I don't think it's as simple as that. But uh, my bar is going to be at nine. Well, we'll see what happens. And uh, by the way, Lane Kiffin put 48 up on Bama last year, so it can be done. Yep. He doesn't recruit at their level either. So nope. He can we'll draw it up, Kenny. Right. We'll see if Lashley can draw it up. All right. Thank you. Take All right, Greg. Good, great hearing you. Great hearing your voice again. Um, I'll try to keep an eye out for you at the stadium on Saturday right. if, I, if I see him. All right. Have a have good a trip good to Atlanta. Fun. Yep. All right. Five six three nine 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 three five five zero. Five six three nine 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 three five five zero. My man Greg, he's he's already grumpy. We haven't uh, played it down yet, um, but I get his concerns. Uh, I, I do, but you know you got to give them a chance to to deal with them and and be better than what we expect. Let's go out to the nine four one. You're live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Hi Gary, you know who this is, don't you? It's the Meister Kane. Yeah, that's right from Port Charlotte. Yep, you got it. What's going on, How my are man? You, Hey, man, I've missed all of you guys. Man. This, this, I, feel, I feel like this is like a family reunion here on this show. <laughs> Everything Greg and myself. Who else is there? Well, whatever happened to that Kane Kane kid there? That well, I'm sure he'll make an appearance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't. I mean, I've been listening to the show all last year, and I, I never hear from him. I'm like, where is Kane Kane? He's got to be out there somewhere. But. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, it is what it is, I guess, right? So, anyway, yeah, I hear Greg's concerns, especially on linebacker. But uh, I'll get get right to the chase, I guess you can say. Can this team pull off an upset? Well, I guess you can say it depends on the defense, especially linebackers, especially against the run, okay? My theory is they're going to have to stack the box to stop the run because that kid's pretty big. He's, he's what, 235, 240, somewhere around there? I can't remember the stats all that well. But uh, And on offense, I think, uh, you know, they're going to get manhandled in the trenches with the defense there. They're, they're damn a defense. So I think they're going to end up throwing quick screens, bubble screens maybe, and spread that defense out and go quick, 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 you know, really, really fast, you know in order to uh, at least have a shot, try to get some first downs, maybe take some time off the clock, you know, and hope to get good field position. You know, if you're starting back at your own 15, 20, 10, 15, 20-yard line deep in your own territory, 
that could spell trouble too. See, um, as far as the rest of the season, can we win every game? Well, we can if defense can step up and be dominant against like Sam Howell and the O-line stays healthy. That's what I believe. And I have one unusual question for you, Gary, and that's this. I think I talked to you last year about my band Blue Wave Rockers. Well, I thought of an idea. I thought about getting a rain cap from my truck, driving down to the stadium, having the tailgate, and putting us under a tent, buying a generator, and just rocking out during the tailgate. <laughs> I'd love to, I would love to see that. You would love to see that, wouldn't you? Yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be fun, would, huh? I wonder. Nobody, nobody's ever done it, and I'm the only. I, I feel like I'm the only one who's thought of it. You, you know what? We used possible? to do tailgates at the Orange Bowl. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, we we used to do uh, tailgates at the Orange Bowl, but, um, but it, it's just it's so tough to or, you know to just organize them at at Hard Rock and all that. It's not as easy. Right. Right. I mean, just just you know, just have a live band. I know everybody plays like. You know, the DJ with the uh, sound system and all that. And I have a full sound system myself. I have a 5200-watt sound system. It uh, fits in a small to medium venue. You know, but I, I thought about doing that, you know, getting tickets from my bandmates and our, our wives and fiancés and all that and just coming down, having a couple beers for the uh, before the game, tailgating, and just rock out, just play live music in front of all the King fans and see what they think, you know. <laughs> If you do it, you if you do it, you let us know. But, I, but I have a question. Rockers rock the rock. I mean, <laughs> but I have a question. Where, where where was your pre-Alabama song? Oh, my my pre-Alabama song. Well, I didn't come up with one, but I did come up with a but I did come up with a uh, with a pretty good song here. I'm still we're still working on it actually. If we can get it composed and copywritten, we'll be happy to play it live on the show. Because <laughs> I, right. I can arrange that. I can arrange that. Oh, yeah, sure enough. All uh, right. Anyways, anyway, Gary, uh, well, I'll let you go for right now. Uh, glad glad football is finally back. I've waited a whole year for this. And, uh, you know, here's the hoping. I mean, it's a David versus Goliath type of game this week, this uh, Saturday, I mean, and uh, hope for the best, right? Yep. All right, Mike, they're great okay, hearing your voice good. again. Get get those All tunes right, rocking too, for us. All right. We'll talk, we'll, we'll talk to you next Tuesday talk night. You, you got All it. All right. You bet. All right. The Mikester Kane's going to rock us out. I, I like that. Li- play live for us on Kane Sport Live. That, that'd be kind of cool. All right. 563-999-3550. 563-999-3550. You hit the one on your keypad. If you want to come on the show, let's go down to the 305. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Yeah, hey, Gary. How you doing tonight? Doing great. Who's this? Wonderful. Matthew. Matthew from Davey, yeah. I got a question. Um, how do we? How do the coaches get the Canes to play like the old Canes from 20, uh, 25 years ago, which, which kids would step up and always in big games? And just have the hearts of a lion, and not not be soft like the this, the, the canes. So many times, you can call you know them the what? candy canes. Soft players. How did how did the, how do these coaches get the most out of these? 
And 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 we get good players, Gary. You always say we need higher uh, rated recruits. We we get good great players out of college, out of high school. We got know, to somehow did, develop. Did you hear Greg? Did you hear Greg a minute ago? Like yeah, you know, like he's not wrong. Like it, it, that's not that's not a representative uh, front seven that Miami football should be able to put out on the field. I mean, he's not wrong. I mean, now, you know, there'll be some games where they can survive. Okay. Because of the competition level, but like, it's hard to go play Alabama when you're out banned like that physically. Terrible matchup. Yeah. Yeah. But that, but isn't that our fault? Like, I mean, that's not, it's, it's our, that's our fault. I mean, you know, there'll be teams Alabama plays this year that, that match up with them physically. Yeah, SEC you know, you, you, have, you, you have to recruit at a, le- at a level that allows you to do that. And, and I got another question. Um, who, besides Mallory, who would you say is the most improved player going to be this year? Um, besides, well, Ma- Mallory was al- was already good. Um, well, I think he improved a lot over in the last year. Yeah, I mean, I think you got to take a look at the guys that are in starting spots that weren't expected to earn starting spots. I think you got to look at like a Keyshawn Smith, who who rose up. I mean, uh, Xavier Restrepo, who's coming like crazy. Um, Jared Harrison Hunt on the defensive line, uh, winning a starting job over Nesta, I thought was a great accomplishment. Uh, Keontra Smith, even though he's undersized, moving to linebacker and emerging as a starter. Um, you know, I would, I would, I guess I would start with those guys. You know, those are the ones that that jump out to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, do you live in the Cooper City area? Because I think I saw saw you like near Smoothie King one time. You but probably I didn't did, realize. Yeah, yeah I'm I'm, I'm, in, I'm in that area a lot, no doubt. So, okay, yeah, 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 Smoothie King. I go to Smoothie King from time to time. There's like a, it's so. a Smoothie King on um, Sterling. Yeah, I go there. I go there from time to time. Probably oh, nice. didn't see me. You should have said hello, man. Yeah, no. I, well, I didn't. I didn't realize until I had already passed you. So that's all right. All right, man. Yeah. Well, thank you for being part of the show. Thank yeah, you for calling thank in. You. Yep, we'll all talk right, to you next time. You. Yep. All right, five six three nine 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 three five five zero five six three nine 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 three five five zero. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go now to the eight six five. You're live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Hey Gary, it's James. How you doing? Hey, what's up, James? How you been? Oh, buddy, I, I'm making it. You know, uh, COVID numbers going up here and everything, but uh, by the grace of God, I will be there in Atlanta to see my beloved Canes. So that's going to be uh, uh, quite a treat. And uh, one of my groomsmen um, is uh, actually getting us the tickets, and uh, I hope to see you there. I think we're in either section 104 or 109. I can't remember off the top of my head. So, oh, cool. Yeah, it'll, it'll, it's going to be fun. It'll, listen, it, it, just playing these games, I think it's really important because e- even if it turns out that we can't match up and we're not good enough, they need to know that. Like, you right. know, it, it, like, like I, I have a big problem with this, like trying to pretend that, that things aren't what they really are. Like, no, like, I, I mean, like p- people have paid a lot of money to run this football program and it's like, you know, they need to know where it really is, good or bad. And and good or bad will be defined by what happens on the football field. And that's the way it should be. 
I agree with that, Gary. And, you know, we had this conversation last year. You know, we were all really excited about playing Clemson, and we know how that turned out and so forth. In your opinion, from what you've seen, Gary, I mean, I know you're comparing apples and oranges, but do you think this team is playing a team that's comparable to Clemson? I mean, obviously, this Bryce Young has talent, but he's not Trevor Lawrence yet. Different style of quarterback. But what I'm saying is, um, do you think that Miami has the horses to make this a game um, as like maybe they believe as the game continues to go on in the second half to keep it close, as opposed to like the door getting shut within the first 15 minutes of the game, like I felt like it was in that Clemson game? I think they're going to need a lot of breaks. I mean, you know, I, I think that, that Manny's going to have to be successful uh, dialing up things schematically on defense to disrupt Alabama. Uh, you know, if it, if it's allowed to be just a physical steamrolling, uh, obviously that doesn't play in Miami's favor very well. You know, I, I think they're they're going to have to try to make some things happen up front, take some chances, and then, uh, well, the biggest chance I think they're going to have to take is that Bryce Young isn't ready to beat them by himself. And uh, you know, I, I I think that that putting the game in the hands of Bryce Young would not be such a terrible strategy here as opposed to, you know, letting Alabama physically manhandle you up and down the field. Um, so th- things are going to have to happen. They're going to have to be successful doing that. They're going to have to get his mind racing for some mistakes. Derek King is going to have to play the game of his life, obviously, but you know, you're going to have to score in the thirties. I'm sure to, to have a chance in this game, uh, maybe even more. And uh, a lot's going to have to happen for Miami to be in the game in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and, and you know, speaking of De'Eric, and maybe I'm off, Gary, with this, but there's just something special about this kid. I mean, it, you know, the way you described him coming back, and I've read things, and if you've seen it firsthand, I trust you, because you, you've always been very right on with this uh, program, despite I'm sure people criticizing you because you tell it how it is. The truth of the matter is you called eight or nine games last year. That's exactly what happened. You said where the deficiencies were. It was. And the thing about De'Eric is I just feel like we haven't had a quarterback with that much, you know, uh, with a sack on him in, in quite a while. I mean, no disrespect to the guys that were the guy under center behind that. But, you know, you look at somebody like Ken Dorsey, he didn't look like much, but he was talking trash with everybody uh, when they were playing. And, of course, he was surrounded by phenomenal talent. But there's just something about De'Eric, and I think you're right. He does have to have the game of his life, and I think he wants it more than anybody. This is an opportunity for him to show that even though he is 5'8 or 5'9, whatever he is, that he belongs in the NFL because this is the type of teams and talents that you face in a a week-in, week-out basis. And I just feel that there's just something special about him that he hasn't that past Miami quarterbacks haven't had. I think back to that LSU game four years ago, and I'm glad you brought that up. You know, we were the team that was supposed to be preseason top 10, and they were just slightly outside the top 25 or number 24 or something. And, you know, after a first a quarter and a half, I mean, it was like the team should have been reversed. And, and I know that there were some things that didn't go our way, a player getting thrown out early uh, for targeting and, that just stuff cannot happen in this game. And I'm hoping that Manny has the guys more mentally prepared and that we don't fold like a cheap seat like in years past. If something goes bad right away, you know, don't fall to pieces. And the other thing that concerns me is that not anybody gives us a chance to win this game. But, you know, if we win it, the recruits will come. I mean, there's there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. But what I really feel more than anything is you can't, have this game, whether you lose by 50 or you lose by 10, 
affect you the rest of the year because there's still good goals to get there. You know, for example, beat North Carolina and the NC State, get in that conference championship game, which will, will pretty much be probably against Clemson, and see how you match up with them a year later. And maybe you, you know, a break goes your way and you maybe get into the Orange Bowl or a BCS Bowl as the ACC representative if Clemson's good enough to get to the playoff again for, for the third or fourth straight year. So I guess that I, that's the thing that concerns me is where the mentality is because I felt because of that LSU game, Miami could never really recover. And the same goes for when they lost really close to Florida. It's like you lose that game, but don't let it carry you on to the next few weeks. And that's where I want to see if this program has gotten better um, under not only Manny's leadership, but just as a program as a whole, because it's important that you're playing this opponent and not who you lost to three or four weeks back, if that makes sense. No doubt. But that'll be a subject for next week once we see how the game goes. Right now it's uh, balls to the wall. Uh, you know, go give it your best shot on Saturday. Do you have a prediction by any chance? I, do, I don't. I, I, you know, it, it's like I'm hoping they cover the spread, quite frankly. I mean, I would hate to see them just get totally, totally, you know, blown out. Quite frankly, I mean, I would be really disappointing. Yeah. I mean, I want to see them be competitive. Uh, I mean, I want to see the exactly. offense look the offense has the, has the, has some players, and I want to see the offense look like uh, an elite major college offense. That's what I want to see. Uh, the defense, I understand, is outmanned, and I'm not. I don't have massive expectations for that side of the ball, um, but I'll be real disappointed if the offense doesn't have a better day than they had, say, against Clemson last year. Yeah, exactly. Um, a quick question for you, Gary. Um, in terms of uh, the recruiting, do you feel that, you know, there are some guys that they are going all in and all, all, all in on, but if they should somehow shock the world on Saturday, um, do you think that'll do it, or do you think it's still the same old, same old where, well, maybe you got lucky, maybe this is a down Alabama team. I mean, I don't know how these recruits think or what have you, but, I mean, do they have to see the whole body of work, or do you think one game is that shot in the arm that can really no, change the crew? I mean, it obviously would open up some eyes. You know, maybe it would allow them to get in on some kids that they're not in at this point. Um, you know, will it change – the Earl Littles of the world, the Marvin Joneses of the world, the Shamar Stewarts of the world. Uh, not necessarily, no. I mean, is Jacob Hood going to say, oh, I'm not going to Georgia anymore, I'm going to Miami? Probably not. So, you know, that might be a little bit overblown, but maybe it opens some doors that aren't open yet here as you go down the last, you know, four months or so of recruiting. Yeah, I just I just hate hearing that. That here you have a legacy in Earl Little, and you know if we're not even on his radar, you know. And I mean I know his dad's probably one of his biggest people in his ears and things like that. And you know that he 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 talks to people and and knows. It's just it's just kind of a shame because I always you know thought back in the day, oh if this guy has a son, I hope that you know he lives up to the dad type and he comes to the U. And 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 we're just not getting those legacy players with the exception of Al Blades. And you know he's been a nice little player, but in and things have happened that have kind of derailed, you know, what, what maybe could have been for him and so forth. And, you know, like you said before, he was what he was coming out of high school compared to, like, the Tyson Campbells and, and Patrick Sertain, which, which were other guys we were looking at at that position that 
ultimately went to the enemy. And, you know, if they're not there still, they're schools, but, you know, they, they could have been there at Miami, you know, maybe if we could have gotten them. And the last thing, is this true about, what, what did Jalen Knighton do? He's not, he's not going to play, or is that official, or is that just something everything was... Uh, um, was it, 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 it's something that, that's being discussed a lot. Um, he has kind of had, like, a little bit of a backward kind of role in practice lately. Uh, they haven't said officially, but there are signs that it might be heading in that direction. God, can we just wait till the Appalachian State game or whoever pissed poor? <laughs> I mean, I mean, if you have to suspend, suspend him once, but I don't know. I mean, I, I just, I understand. I know Mandy, Mandy has to set the standard and everything. Well, this is my prediction, Gary. I'll leave it with this. I'm going to be as optimistic as the next guy. I think that if Miami takes a punch in the face first or maybe delivers one, I think it'd be nice to see. Um, Miami come out aggressive. Maybe they take a lead 7 nothing or something. I'd like to see how Alabama responds, especially with all their fun guys in the NFL. But I think the thing that all the Canes fans need to do, and I hope there's a good turnout down there, because I, I know Atlanta has been fun. And I've been hearing that the Alabama fans, they may or may not show up. They've been there a couple times um, as of late with the national title. They may not be there and might not, might not be interested. But if the crowds can get behind them and anybody else that's there, it might make it interesting and might you know push that level up a little bit, um, you know, to get them amped up. And realistically, this is kind of one of the first games that this group of guys has had in front of a full crowd, which will be really interesting to see as well for the first time in a long time. But uh, I think if the game goes on, I think Miami's got a shot like you. I think they might fall short. I'd love to see a win. I want more than anything to win. But like you, I just want it to be competitive. And Let's be competitive, yeah. For something. Yeah, be competitive and, and set the stage for maybe an ACC run. I'm out, Gary. Uh, All right, James. Thanks for being part of the show. You got it, man. All right, it's time for that part of the show that we all love, our point-counterpoint segment with the voice of the fan, Bruce Warner, who often brings on a special guest. And tonight, um, he definitely has one that's very special and a guy guy that I enjoyed watching so much through the years. And um, Bruce, welcome back to Kane Sport Live, and I'll let you make the introduction. All right, well, it's great to be back. I hope everybody's healthy, stays healthy, uh, especially for, for the Canes on Saturday. But, yeah, I have somebody who has not been on our show. I, w- I think uh, I would have to say it was probably the greatest linebacker group, speaking of linebackers tonight, in school history and probably one of the top linebacking groups in the history of college football. No, it's, it's, it's not Darren Smith. No, it's not Mike Barrow. It's number one. It's Jesse Armstead. Welcome to the show, Jesse. Welcome to Kane Sport Live. All right. Thank you all for having me. Our pleasure. So, Jesse, um, can you you're play? still with the Giants, you aren't you? Saturday? We, we need you to play. <laughs> oh, yeah, we need you to play. And <laughs> get the other guys, too, while you're at it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm still with the Giants. I'm a special assistant to the uh, general manager. So, uh, you know, we're just uh, trying to put a team together right now and, and you know, get out there and compete this year. And let's hope so. But um, now we're, we're back here. You're talking about your alma mater, University of Miami. Um, so they play Bama, and they're big underdogs. Uh, you've been in some games like that that turned out to be the opposite of what people thought, like the Houston game, like the Cotton Ball game against Texas. But this is Alabama. They're a different, different breed, different animal. They're just they're just really the, the trademark of college football now. What do you think uh, Manny's going to do defensively? And what would, he, what, do you, what would you do if you had a shot at going against Bama? 
Well, well, I think right now, Bama, they got a lot of different, you know, a, a new quarterback, uh, yeah, a new running back. You know, I, I know you think they stockpile them, which they, they do. Um, but you know what? They still be new guys to line up, and, you know. And we catch them at the right time at the beginning of the season. Uh, stack, uh, stop the run and quarterback beat you with his arm to see what see, see can he really throw right now. Yeah, you know, you got to do what uh, Clemson in North Carolina did to Miami last year. They got, you have to go after their quarterback. This is a young kid. If you let him get off right off the beginning of the game, he might not ever lose it. You know, he could run, he could throw. You got to rattle his cage. So I think, as, as Gary said before we came on, that Manny Diaz is going to throw everything, including the kitchen sink, at this kid, and let's hope we could rattle him. Yeah, you know, that's what you want to do. You want to see the can he pick up and run some uh, pressures and. Uh, you know, you automatically stop the run and force him to have to try to win the game, and then you send some heat after him. Hey, hey uh, Jesse, we know how big and physical Alabama typically is. Uh, I mean, uh, if you look at them up close, usually their offensive line looks like an NFL offensive line. Uh, so Saturday we're lining up with a, a middle linebacker who's uh, 5'11", 234, uh, a weak side linebacker who's 5'11", 212, and a striker who's six foot 202. How do those guys deal with the size disparity that they're going to face on Saturday? And, you know, do they have a, a prayer of, of, of uh, overcoming that? Oh, they do. You know, one thing about it, you use your speed. Make sure you strike before they can move, you know. Uh, use your speed as fast as you can get there and – you know, uh, uh, and make things happen that way. Uh, whatever your weapon is, you use your weapon because you know they, if they don't use size and strength against against you, you make sure you use quickness and speed, and uh, and and just see which one come out on top. You know. Yeah, you know, and you could talk about this as as one of the linebackers along with uh, with Mike and with Darren, but you guys had people in front of you. You had Russell. You had Cortez. You had Caesar when he wasn't running his mouth. I mean, you guys had some inside defensive tackles that made it your job a lot easier, right? That's what has oh. to happen on Saturday. Oh, most definitely. Now, I know it never hurt to have them big boys up front because the game is won off the guys uh, in the front part, you know. So uh, my bigs against your bigs. And uh, our guys got to step up, up front, and the linebackers got to come fill up the hole and uh, make sure they get the backs out the backfield and set the little simple things down and force the Alabama to see who see if they really Alabama. Let's see what you made out of. That was last year. Let's see what you made out of right now. Well, I mean, you know, you know how hard it can be to try to come back after a great season and do it again. I mean, it's 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 one of the toughest things in sports. I don't care whether it's football, basketball, baseball, uh trying to win back to back championships is something that you don't see very often. No, it, it's a hard thing to do. You know what I mean? We, I've been part of the same thing. We won that championship. We're coming back to win the second national championship, and we lost the last game to Bama in uh in the in the Sugar Bowl. So uh, it is a hard task. Uh, but they have uh, put themselves in a situation to be uh, in that position right now. But hey, you know what? Let's go. Let's let's go test them. Let's see what they really made out of. Yeah, let's hope we keep the game close enough. But we also can't. I think I think the key obviously is De'Ara King. He's the key to the entire game. Defensively, they have to tackle. They can't start throwing shoulders. They can't body tackle. They have to wrap these guys up if they can do it. And they also, no matter what part of the game is, we can't make a, 
an ignorant mistake. You hold them on third down, somebody pushes somebody, they throw a flag, because it's Miami, they're going to throw flags, and uh, we're going to lose, and they'll get a first down. And then, you know, that stuff can happen. It's happened a lot in, in the last several years, and it's got to stop. They, if they're going to beat this team, they just cannot make dumb mistakes. Oh, absolutely. you got you got to minimize your mistakes. And you look at teams that uh, don't make the mistakes that teams normally are win the ball game. Uh, and when you're playing a team like a Bama, a Clemson, things like that, you got to be limit the, the mistakes and make sure you uh, stay uh, mistake-free and, and, and make sure everybody on the team is uh, on the same page. Hey, Have you seen this kid play at all? Go ahead, Gary. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, you know, we were talking about size at, at linebacker. I just wanted to conversely ask you a little bit about size at quarterback because I, I think it's a, it's a little bit of, of an issue for De'Ara King. I mean, they, they list him at 5'11". Uh, I think he's more like 5'9". And there's been a lot of conversation that as good as he is, as great of a leader as he is, as great of a college football quarterback that he is, that it's going to be very difficult for him to get to the next level and play in the National Football League. And, you know, you've been around the game for a few decades now. And, uh, you know, what's your opinion on that? You know, can a short – can I mean, you know, some guys are just like freaks. But, like, you know, how much harder is it for a short quarterback to make it at the next level? Well, one thing you see right now, Kyle Murray came in. Uh, he came in and, and, and showed everybody that he can play at this level and, and there's hope, you know what I mean? Uh, you look at Russell Wilson. Uh, so there's guys out there now starting to pave the way uh, to give that kind of quarterback an opportunity. Um, and that's all you can ask for, um, to give you an opportunity and give you a chance to come out there and prove yourself. And you know what? Um, enjoy his college time right now. And what's going to happen is going to happen at the end of the season. So uh, go out there and have fun right now and, and let the cards fall where they fall, uh, fall at. Yeah, I know, and I, I know we talked about the um, – Gary was talking about the offense because there are a lot of weapons. There's not one superstar, although Mallory might be a superstar. He's a tough matchup. I'd like to see him get the ball early and often. So, you know, then somebody else may have single coverage. And this is – we finally have Keyshawn Smith. I don't know if you know who he is, but he's clearly the fastest of the receivers. And in order to beat Bama, you've got to have the deep threat. Otherwise, they're going to stack the box – just like the teams have done in the last few years against us, and it, we couldn't do anything. But that's a, he's a critical aspect, having that speed. And then you have Mallory and uh, Charleston Rambo and Harley going underneath. I, I think we could do some damage. Well, you, you know, the, the good part about that is making where they can't have an eight-man box, you know, and maybe open up some time for a, a little run here and there, but then keep them honest by sending somebody down the field and, Making sure that they keep them the the both safety uh, back deep, you know. So um, speed always kill. I'm glad that uh, you just said that we have a lot of speed and let's use that speed. Hey Jess, um, I, I'm sure you've noticed this name image likeness uh, that's going on in college football now. Uh, you got a few guys that are making as much as a million dollars this this year. And obviously, in, in, in your day, if this thing had been um, active, a lot of guys that were on that were hurricanes would have had the opportunity to make a, a pretty decent amount of money. Um, your thoughts, just in general, on the opportunities that college athletes and college football players are getting right now with this name, image, likeness? I imagine you think it's been a long time coming. 
you know, that's good. It's a good form because, you know, you look at all the other athletes that came through that paved the way. Uh, and the things, the struggles that the other athletes had uh, couldn't work, uh, had to, you know, uh, get the little weekend money, uh, $45 to survive three days over the weekend uh, to eat off $45. And, but now uh, they have opportunity um, to be able to capitalize on their name and, and what they bring to the university. And it was time for the NCAA uh, everybody to uh, wake up, and they should have made a, a, a deal before this all uh, happened. But um, it gives the, the kids and and everybody the opportunity to start using your own name, you know. So, uh, Jess, what are you doing now? I know you're with the Giants because we talked about it a few seconds before we came on. Um, but I hear about car dealerships. Oh, you know, you know, because I, I, I know uh, Caesar probably hit you up for a car. I'm sure a lot of these guys are. <laughs> No, you know, <laughs> no, you know, uh, uh, I had a, a car dealership. I got rid of a few of them, uh, but my main focus is trying to make sure the Giants win right now uh, and make sure we have a great season this year. So uh, that's my main focus right now. Well, see if you can make sure we have a quarterback. Come on, Jesse. Well, <laughs> well, you know, I, I keep reading stuff down here in Florida that, wow, and, I, and I'm like, okay, okay. They got him. They wanted him, but he's got to do something. Yeah, you know, one thing about it, you know, uh, uh, DJ got a lot of ability. Um, uh, he can run also. So we just got to get him in the right situation and, and just keep working like he's uh, been doing during the camp time. And, uh, it, you know, hopefully uh, everything clicked together. And we have a, a big year as a team and, and him as an individual. You right, enjoying the NFL? Saquon's you back. Like- you enjoying the NFL executive it. life, Jesse? You know, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy it also being out there with the guys every day on the football field, uh, give them my knowledge, what I know, uh, and try to help them be better young men. And, uh, I mean, it's a fun, and it keeps you young because uh, every day, you know, everybody want to challenge you uh, and say something smart to you, you know, how that goes with the young guys. So uh, it just keep me young and keep me uh, uh, full of fire and energy. Well, thanks for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Jesse Armstead, number, former number one in the uniform and uh, one of the favorite players of University of Miami of all time. Jesse, congratulations. You're in the Giants Hall of Fame, aren't you, on the, on the, inside the stadium? Yes, absolutely, and, uh, and the University of Miami. So, and the University uh, of Miami. All right. Yeah. All right. Thanks all for right, coming here from, Car- from Jesse, Carter yeah. High School, buddy. So, so, right, yeah, so, so great catching up with you, man. It's uh, great hearing no, your thank voice. Thank you all for calling me. All right, Jeff. Right. We'll, 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 we'll do, we'll to do you it again too, sometime. Thanks. Thank you very much. Bruce, thank you. We'll, we'll see all you next okay. week. You're welcome, Gareth. Talk to you next week. Well, I'll see you tomorrow, actually. Yeah. All right. So, Jesse Armstead, Bruce Warner, that was, that was fun. And uh, it's so great, obviously, to see so many of these former players having success at the next level and in the National Football League. Um, you know, Winston Moss, Alonzo Highsmith. Um, you know, Rob Tudzinski had success at the NFL level for a while. I mean, uh, a lot of these guys, you know, find uh, new careers when they're done playing ball in the NFL. And it's it's fun to see them get those opportunities. All right, let's get back to your calls. 563-999-3550. 563-999-3550. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. You heard Bruce mention tomorrow night. Um, those of you that 
didn't see our announcement, we will be having the first Lamar Thomas show on canesport.com and looking forward to that. And uh, we've got some pretty darn good guests lined up for that one. And uh, it's going to be a, a fun night tomorrow night, I think. And uh, I think Lamar might have to answer for that, uh, that takeaway play Miami, Alabama, 1992 uh, with George Teague. I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I, I got to, I got, I got a feeling that, uh, that, that, that George Teague might uh, tomorrow night's show just to uh, reminisce with our man Lamar, but it's all good. I mean, he, he was one of the greatest plays in college football history, in my opinion. I mean, just an amazing, amazing play. All right, so 563-999-3550. Hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show, and let's go now to the 727. You're live on Canesport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hey, Gary. It's Jake from St. Pete. What's up, Jake? How you doing? Welcome back. Doing good. Doing good. Can't wait for a new season here. Yeah, uh, this one's going to be a rough one too because I've got uh, uh, my wife is an Alabama fan. Unfortunately, I married wrong on that one. But, did did uh, she go to Bama or she's just a fan? No, she went to DePaul in Chicago, which has no football team. Uh, her aunt teaches at Alabama, so she uh, conveniently adopted them. But <laughs> the uh, she's uh, she's 34, so the uh, yeah that that was convenient timing when she graduated college. That they just happened to be uh, winning national championships. So I'm really hoping we can do something. So uh, I don't need to hear the the end of this from her, but. You know what? Uh, I was curious what your take was uh, would be on this. Um, you know, there, there's no like elite guy. I, I don't see a Rousseau. I mean, King, Derek King could be that, but he just he lacks the elite size required for that position to really be uh, you know considered in that upper echelon. But in college football, in college you know, football, I, you can get away with that a little bit more. It's it's the NFL game where yeah. Oh, like I mean, I, I I hope the kid plays like a stud on Saturday. Um, yeah, that that's been the one knock on him, <laughs> and I think this is really his shot. If uh, you know, if he's going to make it in the NFL, he's got to he's got to show up big time, or you know, get considered by the NFL. He's got to show up because that's that's always been the one knock on him is the the big games. He hasn't been there. Um, you know, Clemson last year, he had that uh, game against Oklahoma when he was with Houston. Granted, you've got inferior talent at Houston than what he has to work with here, but, you know, nonetheless, uh, and even the, the North Carolina game last year, you know, he wasn't horrible, but, you know, didn't take over by any stretch of the imagination. So I think that's a huge opportunity for him to win or, you know, prove what uh, – you know, what he can do if, if you know, he's going to do that. It's kind of last chance. And I wanted to see what your take was on this, but, you know, last year, and I don't even know if they should have made the playoffs. I think, you know, they, they kind of got in by, by name as uh, they tend to do, but Notre Dame made the playoffs last year without like a, a bona fide star on their team, uh, so to speak. And, I think if you look at our roster, you know, I don't see that elite on it, but there's certainly some guys, you know, last year Notre Dame's team had two second-round picks, 
And then they had a handful, I think, eight or nine day three picks on their team. And I kind of look at our roster like, you know, maybe that could be a similar making. I I, I don't, you know, I'm I'm not going to sit here by any stretch and say, uh, you know, we're a national championship contender. But if you look at all the guys on our team, a Nesta, a Bubba Bolden, uh, Zion Nelson, these guys have all flashed some NFL caliber talent. But they've just never, none of them have put it together for a full season. Mm -hmm. To me, my hope this year is that you've got these guys uh, that, that, uh, Mike Harley, uh, Charleston Rambo, you know, uh, Rambo two years ago, stud, thought he was going to be a top wide receiver, fizzles out next year. Mike Harley played half a great season last year. If all these guys can put it all together, I, I think you could have the makings of a pretty damn good team there. I don't, yeah, you know, again, not national championship. I'm not going to sit here and predict something that silly at this point, but but a, a team that can make a good solid run, win a bowl, a good bowl game, you know, a New Year's Six bowl game. I, I'm curious what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, I mean, I I I, I think that. You know, you're making some good points. I, I mean, I, I think you do want to see some development this year. I think you do want to see a Zion Nelson put a full season together. Last year, he put a half a season together. Um, I think you want to see a Cam Harris put a full season together. Last year, he put a couple games together. Um, Nesta is another one. You know, you, you know, you'd like to see more from him. Right now, he's a swing guy on the second team. So there's a bunch of guys that that, that would fall in that category. Bubba Bolden like you mentioned, would certainly be another one. Uh, Amari Carter, Gervin Hall. I mean, you could go on and on and on, on up and down this whole roster. You have not gotten consistent performance from game one to game 12 from the, uh, hardly anybody on, in this program. So No, uh, it, it, I think that's been one of our biggest struggles, uh, you know, since we've been struggling, is guys who have the talent – putting together full seasons of their talent. You know, we, we've got, so John Garvin was a prime example. He'd have four or five games, uh, you know, it was enough, just enough to get them in the NFL and, you know, and then they're gone. And I, I just, it, to me this year, like what would really be nice to me is to see guys given maximum effort and a, a good handful, not a handful, most of them, showing that that talent because i mean look i know we you know it's a common refrain uh you know we don't have the recruiting talent or whatnot but if if we're frank and blunt about it we're also probably have at least 15 20 guys on this team who will get drafted in the nfl in the next several years if not you know i mean we could have there's 10, 12 guys on this roster who could get drafted this year if they play consistently to their caliber. But to me, and this is what the, the Bama game will boil down to, you know, win or lose. It, it, it's showing the competitiveness and that, and that that's on the rise and that, that these guys are, are taking competition seriously, not just doing the bare minimum to hit that NFL mark that, you know, so many have done in the past. That, to me, is what, you know, what I'm looking 
workforce? Are these guys ready to put a full season together where, you know, they're playing every game and they're competing hard every game? I don't think we've seen that in a long time. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully we see it this year. You know, that's what I'm hoping. You know, T-Rob, some new coaching. Uh, it, I think Diaz, you got to give him credit. He's gotten serious. You know, we'll see if the results are there. Who knows? Uh, you know, another season. And, uh, you know, uh, it's, you know I, I've been very supportive. Because to me, I, I don't want to start this game over. I, I, you know, if you think about it this year, this class that, that, that we're recruiting is the first class that was not alive the last time Miami played for a championship. So if you reset the clock again a year from now, two years from now, what what name do they – I mean, you already see it. You know, Shamar Stewart, it, it, these guys, so many of them, it's anything but Miami. Like, you know, I'll, I'll tease around with it, but really I just want anything but Miami. And so to me, I just I, – I, I'd love – to, to see this coaching staff get these guys to where they need to be. And I, I think to Diaz's credit, he hasn't sat still in the offseason. You know, I mean, offseason championships don't mean a thing once, uh, you know, once the lights are on. But uh, at the end of the day, he's, you know, he's at least being proactive, which, uh, you know, the last two, three coaching staffs that we've been through, uh, you know, they, they dug in their heels when, when things weren't working. And so, you know, it, it, to me, it's a huge improvement to just see a guy trying, uh, trying to do better. And, you know, you see, we're going to know a lot about this team on Saturday. Uh, that, that's for sure. Yep. All right, man. Yeah. Well, thank you for being part of the show. Appreciate yeah. it. Uh, give us a call next it. week. Alrighty, sounds good. You got it. Yeah. 563-999-3550. 563-999-3550. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Now we're going up to the 917. You're live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Hey, what's up, Gary? BK Hurricane. What's up, BK? Been a long time, man. How you been? Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. Listen, uh, <laughs> I was just, I was, you know, just mulling over the season and the off season and things like that. This is specifically a transfer portal question. Why do you think Manny Diaz and the coaching staff had so much confidence in the linebackers so that to the point where they didn't even pursue one in the transfer portal, but they pursued a defensive end when I felt that we may have uh, other defensive ends on the caliber of the DeAndre Johnson kid. Mm-hmm. Like with the, uh, Chance Williams, he may be on the caliber of DeAndre Johnson. He's not, not, not like yet. He a lot. No, he, not he's yet. not yet. No, not yet. No. And you know, they, they, you, you could look at what we were losing. I mean, we needed a defensive end with a little bit more seasoning, who's played a little bit of college football. So, uh, you know, you certainly can't dispute that one. The, the thing that was tricky is I don't know that there were that many good linebackers in the portal. Uh, I don't think it's like that they, that they had all kinds of options that they didn't pursue. Uh, no one I mean, better than what we already had on the team? Uh, apparently not, because I think they knew what they had on the team, and I think and I think they would have grabbed that beast if it was there. Like, you know, I, I, they, they, they might have fished around a little bit with this Henry Tutu kid that ended up going to Alabama, but, like, you know, there, there just wasn't a lot in the portal from what I remember. And uh, – Look, you got to recruit traditionally. You, if you're relying on the portal every single year, 
for your best players, which is kind of like where we've been lately, like that, that, you know, that's not sustainable. Uh, you have to be able to recruit to, in the, the traditional way and build your program with players that you identify and who have the ability and you develop. Right. But does that look like that's the trend now? Because there, there's possibly only like five more, six more scholarships available, five more. It's the, it's the easy way out, man. It's, it's, it's like, it's, it's the easy way out, but like, you know, how, how many great, you know, you know, if you look at the, how lucky we have been, with the level of players that we've gotten in the portal. I mean, Jalen Phillips, a first-round draft pick. Uh, I mean, that, you know, that's, that's, like, that's incredible to, to be able to yeah, do something like that. Defense guy. Remember, we keep striking out on the offensive line with the Kennedy kid and now this kid from UNLV yeah. or Nevada, wherever the hell he's from. Yeah, I, yeah, I haven't been, like, yeah, overwhelmed there. But, yeah, I mean, it's very, very hard when you're making a living in the transfer portal. And it could become like uh, – I, I used this term earlier with something, but it, it's like the new toy. You know, it, it's like it's it's easy. It, it, it's like it's easy. Like, you know, oh, geez, you know, we eh, whatever. You know, if, if we don't recruit well enough, well, we'll just go grab a few guys in the portal. But yeah. I just don't see, you know, the the teams that are the, that are winning doing it that way. I mean, I don't see Clemson yeah. doing it that way. I don't see Ohio State doing it that way. Uh, maybe they don't have maybe to do it. they recruit. They're the best recruiting teams in the country. They recruit you know, the way you're supposed to recruit. Yeah. You know, those two teams. well, it's not just them. I mean, Alabama hardly ever uses the portal. He used it a little bit this year, but, like, you know, he doesn't use it very often. I mean, you know, they build their programs the right way, and that's what they need to do. That's what we need to see here at Miami. Right. And do you think that that in the way that the, you know, that the coaching staff had, you know, decided, okay, we're going to broaden our recruiting footprint, and not concentrate so much on the South Florida kids because it doesn't appear to me that that they are going full bore like they would prior years and just swing and miss. Now they're just well. There's not, not as even... many. There aren't as many uh, top tier guys in South Florida this year as there are in other years. Um, they've tried very hard to recruit the top tier guys. It's just not going real well for whatever reason. Um, you know, you have different circumstances. You know, um, you know Marvin Jones, I mean, you know, his dad played for Florida State and now his mom was, went to Miami. So, like, you know, there's a Miami angle there as well. But, um, you know, it, it's just not – it doesn't seem to be going quite well enough there. Um you know, the, the Earl Little one is a little problematic. I mean, he's a legacy kid. His dad played at Miami, but his dad was mad at Manny for not giving him a job. And the whole recruitment got off on a bad foot. So, and, sure. and they haven't been, they just haven't been able to, you know, to bring it back. And that kid has a chance to go to Alabama and, and who, you know, who, to play for Nick Saban, who's reputed to be the best defensive backs co- coach in the country. So, like, um, you know, it's hard to to knock that one when the kid has the chance to go to Bama. But, you know, he is a Miami legacy kid. Um, you know, the Julian Armellas, the Shamar Stewarts, um, they flirted with Miami a little bit. Miami tried to recruit them. Um, it just doesn't look like they're interested in, in, in playing here. And uh, that has to change. Like, you know, and somebody will say, oh, Gary, you've been pushing to leave town and, and and, and recruit more out of state. I absolutely have. I mean, like to me, you got to be able to do both. You got to be able to, to to get the top kids locally, and then you have to be able to supplement it with elite level players from around the country. Um, they bring in T. Rob, who's a who's a very good recruiter, 
you know, he's been able to get um, Kamari Rogers to come in and uh, this year as, as an out of town commitment. Um, yeah, you know, Fagan's, Fagan's is well. another one from you know. You know, I, I'm a little nervous. We haven't done so well with these Alabama kids that don't go to Alabama. Um, but yeah, they just don't pan out, right? Um, yeah, they, they don't seem to Christian pan out. Was Christian Williams from Alabama, but, or huh? Was Christian Williams from Alabama? Yeah, yeah, he was yeah, one that that, Al, that Alabama decided they didn't like, and and we took him, and he, he you know he flamed out here. Um, Worsham, the wide receiver that's on the roster right now, is you know mm-hmm. probably never going to find a place here, in my opinion. I mean, I don't see where it's well, ever going to come from. from. Alabama? I believe Michael Jackson was from Alabama, yeah. Yeah, well, um, the only one that's- <laughs> so you know, yeah, but but you know, but I mean, the point is, you have to be able to do both at Miami. Um, and what we're seeing, and you know, we'll, we still have to see how these. You know, right now we think we're doing really well at cornerback and uh, defensive back in general because of T. Rob. You know, we got to see a couple years from now how those guys develop and and and, sure. and that sort of thing. But like. Um, Right now, we, we you need more than just T. Rob doing that, you know. I mean, you know, you got to be able to get it, go out of town and get offensive linemen uh, in particular. Or, um, you know, you're not going to get a lot of them in South Florida. Uh, defensive yeah, linemen. Kicking our butts doing that, by the way. Yeah, they're killing it up there in North Carolina. They're going to be a problem for a while. <laughs> But, uh, I mean, but, 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 yeah, so like it, it, it's like, listen, it's doable. Uh, I mean, I keep saying Miami can be Miami again. I believe that with all my heart. I don't see any reason why Miami can't. Um, you know, I think Manny is trying very, very hard. You know, I'm sure he gets frustrated sometimes. You know, l- losing these local kids can't be going over very well with them. But, but uh, you know, the, the issue that – the question that is going to have to be answered in the next couple years – is, uh, you know, whether he has the juice to take this thing up the next level. Because, you know, if Miami, Miami's going to have to decide what it wants to be, you know, in, in my opinion. I mean, it's been 20 years of this now that we've been watching this. I mean, it's, 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 it's tough. But, but this is the start of a new season. It's a new opportunity. They have a, a very exciting offense, a lot of weapons on that side of the ball. Should be an exciting team. Should score a ton of points. It should be a, a it should be a really nice season this year. And um, what's left to be defined is what that would, means. Yeah. Do you think it would take a couple of years? Like for example, if Manny only wins eight games this year, you think he keeps his job? I do. Yeah. I don't see really? any scenario by which he does not. I mean, I don't see this team possibly. The offense is too good, BK. The offense is way too good this year to for this thing to fall apart. I just I would be I would be absolutely stunned. I mean I don't see how the, they're going to have to work hard to not win at least nine games. I mean they they have a lot. There's a lot of talent on the offensive side of the ball. I know there is, and we're pretty okay on our in our back four. We're just a little worried about our front seven. But yeah. remember, but every game is uh, not going to be a mismatch. I see, right. I've seen a lot of uh, mediocre teams with. Great coaching make a lot of good teams look bad. Look at Clemson last year. Boston College almost beat them. They have to win by a miracle. <laughs> they have to beat Boston College by a miracle last year. Boston yep. College played their hearts out. And we're going to need two or three of those games this year where we play our hearts out, and we haven't done it yet. We've yet yep. to do it in any 
coaching era, whether it's uh, Shannon, Golden, or or Diaz, we haven't had a game where this other team is better than us, but the coaching staff just schemed them up, couldn't defend it, and we just and they just were overwhelmed for three and a half quarters and couldn't pull it out the last half of the fourth quarter, which is pretty much what Clemson did last year to Boston College. But Boston College had that win in a bag. And that would have been one of the biggest wins in Boston College, probably, you know, one of the biggest, one of Boston College's biggest wins ever, as opposed to the Hail Mary from Doug Flutie when they beat Miami. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm just hoping that, that this coaching staff could, could, uh, could finally out-scheme somebody because yep. we haven't yeah. seen it yet. Well, Lashley can. Lashley can. He, you know, he he had a couple so. couple bad outings last year against the better competition, but uh, Lashley can draw it up pretty good. So we'll see. Right. And, then, and then to be fair, and then to be fair, we should have beat Oklahoma, but you know, two one or two passes caught here and there. And it's a Oklahoma ball State. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry, Oklahoma State. Right, Oklahoma yeah. State in the bowl game. One or two catches here and there, yeah. you could have beat. Well, them. you. When you have all those close games, you're not going to win every one of them. We want we got, we got our breaks and won a few of them. You know, we right. NC well, State comes to mind. That game on the road was, you know, the way we pulled that one out. I mean, King had an unbelievable day. That yeah. one comes to mind. There were a couple others. All right, BK, yeah, you got a bunch of people that want to get on. Thanks for being part of the show. We'll talk to you next week. No problem, Gary. Just keep me on hold. You got it, man. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for being part of it. Uh, 563-999-3550, 563-999-3550. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go to the 386. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, man. How we doing? Doing great. Who's this? This is Will. Welcome back. Hey, what's up, Hey, Will? I want to make a quick – all right. I want to make a couple of quick points, and I'd like for you to follow up. And on one – I want to go back. Everybody talking about, you know, what a big advantage uh, Alabama seemed to have in the trenches. And I want to go back to when Miami and Notre Dame was doing battle. Okay, I want to start with Lou Holtz first year at Notre Dame. We beat them pretty convincingly, pretty convincingly. The second year, Notre Dame won 31-30. And... I heard I heard Miami coaches and players saying the biggest difference in the Notre Dame team from year one to year two on the Lou Hopes is that they had gotten bigger and stronger. It wasn't so much personnel difference, doubt, but bigger and stronger. So you're telling me that the last time we played a football game, which was uh, December, you fast forward nine months later, Miami has not gotten any bigger or stronger. I don't know if you if you if you see the point I'm trying to make or not. I mean, I'm sure that I don't have all the the measurables in front of me, and they don't they give us less access to those than they ever have. But like, um, it's not. I don't think it's a matter of guys getting bigger and stronger. I I think like if you're five eleven, you're five eleven. So. Like, you know, if, you, if you're Corey Flagg and you're a 5'11", 225, 200-pound linebacker, uh, you know, maybe you can go from 220 to 225, put on some muscle, 220 to 230, but you're still 5'11", you know, so you're not necessarily going to see it. Like, you know, it's it's not going to be noticeable to us. Um, you know, I don't I know saw, a I better way it. to explain that. 
Well, but I, I get, saw, I get uh, what you're saying. I mean, I get what you're saying, but I mean, David Feely, like the players swear by him. You know, they they love the work they do with him. Um, I know they work very hard. Uh, you know what the results look like. I mean, I, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh my God, like you know. I mean, yeah, like Zion Nelson. You you know, you've seen the development on him. Uh, you know, like a guy like Zach McLeod, he's put on 20 pounds to become a defensive end, um, and it's a good 20 pounds. Like you know, um, I was I was with Zach McLeod the other day, and you know, we were working on some NIL stuff that we're going to be uh, putting out soon. And like, uh, you know, he's gained 20 pounds, but he doesn't look distinctly different. Like it's a good 20 pounds. It's not like a fat 20 pounds. Uh, so sometimes you don't always see it. Um, but if a guy is undersized for his position, uh, you know, there, there aren't too many Zion Nelson stories where the guys can, you know, gain a hundred pounds in two years and, and blossom like he has. I mean, it just doesn't happen that much. I saw an interview that our linebacker coach made that he done, and he was specifically asked about the size of our linebackers, and he said, and I quote, he wasn't concerned about their size. He wanted guys that could run, had good instinct, and could get people on the ground. Mm-hmm. So obviously that's that's what Miami is, Miami is, is, is looking for, guys that's maybe smaller and can run. And And, and another point I want to make is, you know, at some point, man, it just has to stop. It seemed like every year it's something different at Miami. This year it seemed to be starting off, we're not good enough in the trenches. Last year we didn't have linebackers. We didn't have – we needed a defensive coordinator. Then we fixed those issues. Now we need an offensive coordinator. We fixed that. Then we need a head coach. Then it's the offensive line. Then it's the quarterback. It seemed like every year – it's something different at Miami. If Manny can't fix these problems and get this team to where it needs to be, he needs to step aside. The last question I have for you is, Aretha Franklin said, every chain has a wink link. Where is Alabama wink link at? I haven't seen their offense yet. It's all, you know, a lot of new new guys, so I can't really say what their weak link is offensively. Uh, you know, obviously, I mean, beyond, like, inexperience at quarterback, uh, certainly, I, I'm not worried about their receivers by at all. I think they've got plenty of athletes at receiver. Um, I know they have a whole bunch of running backs that they love, so I'm not worried about their running backs. I would say their weak link on offense would probably be inexperienced at quarterback. And then um, defensively, I've looked at a lot. And we actually have a story on this on canesport.com tomorrow morning. Uh, I see a potential weakness in pass coverage at the, at the linebacker position. I, I think uh, – a couple of those guys, the Christian Harris guy, the uh, Henry Tutu. um, I think those guys can be had if you can isolate them and find ways with formations to isolate them in single coverage. Uh, They were made to look pretty bad at times last year in those situations. And I think that's the challenge that Rhett Lashley faces. He's got to find those situations where um, he can isolate a Mallory and isolate maybe a uh, Don Chaney and on some of those guys and, 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 and get big plays. Thank you for taking my call, man. All right, man. Thank you for being part of the show. We'll talk to you next time. All right, 563-999-3550. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to get in the queue and come on the show. Um, 
We'll take one more, then I'm going to get to some of the questions that were submitted. Let's go to the 609. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. It's Lewis. How are you doing? Doing great. How are you doing? Good. Awesome. Here, uh, that was an awesome uh, segment with, with Jesse Armstrong from Jersey, so big yeah, Giants fan. Uh, yeah, and, and the thing with Jesse Armstrong, for I remember, he wasn't as big as a line. I think he was like 6'1", 2", 15, 20 or something like that and. Mm-hmm. In Miami, stuff like that. He, but, was, uh, he yeah. was fast. Yeah, they have fast and instinctive. Yeah. Um, this game coming up. Uh, one thing with I've been listening to you for a while, Gary, and uh, you know, one thing I like about you is that you tell it as is. You're not like a homer. A lot of these other shows, sometimes you see it's like everybody's great in Miami, and this player is great, and this player is great. And sometimes you're like you, you know, I'm listening. To people talk about the game coming up with Bama, and, and then you know they believe you know that they're going to win. They have this and that. I'm like, you know, I, I don't want to you know think with my heart. I want to think with my mind when I look at this game coming up. But um, you know, one thing that you've talked about for many years that I've been following you is uh, one problem with Miami has been that they've never they've always had people leave early, right? That's always been like a head scratcher. You know, every year somebody leaves early, and they, you know, they never have enough older guys there. It's like the same cycle. These guys that leave early, get drafted fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round. They don't even get drafted, and it's the same cycle. Finally, this year, you know, we have like an older team, you know, pretty much because of COVID from last year. But and we have an older team, you know, like, for example, the line, you know, from my understanding, is like one of these uh has, you know, one of the most starts in, in college football, second and third offensive, this, this line. You know, we have a lot of older guys. Um, but the thing is, like, what I want to see this Saturday, you know, I don't expect the, the Kings to win. You know, we're like two or three recruiting classes away from being at, even at Bama's level. You know, it's just, you, you know, they're just a machine over there, you know. And, I you know, I – well, you know, I I like the you know you know how the other Kings fans they they have confidence and I like their spirit. But when you look at this game, you know it's just too it's impossible to think that we're gonna go there and we're gonna be Bama. You know, um, my thing is I want to see this team to compete to some type of level this mm-hmm. Saturday, not get embarrassed like what happened. In, you know, against LSU, I was there and I was you know that was not fun. Um, so I, you know, for this game, but, but, you know, let, this, let's look back to that. Let's look back to that LSU game for a minute. Cause it, it goes to what you're saying. It's like that LSU game, it, it started out as a football game. And then right. early in the second quarter, they decided to wholesale substitute. And I remember they put Bradley Jennings, who had hardly ever played before, in at linebacker. Mm-hmm. And he had a mental yeah. bust, and they took it like 50 yards for a touchdown. And from that point on, that was it. That was it. Like, it, 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 was, it was like the wind came out of the sails. And, but to me, like, that was a self-inflicted wound. Like, what are you doing? It's the, you know, you've trained for nine months. It was the beginning of the second quarter. Like, like you're playing a freaking good team. Like, why are you making moves like that? You know. So it's like you just you got to be solid. Like, the, like what we need to see Saturday is a well organized football team that is well prepared, that has a game plan, that exposes certain things, that allows them to have some success, and 
and provide some hope for the rest of the season. And if they walk out of there and then they give it a representative effort and they compete from start to finish and they're just not good enough, which is the probable outcome, I think everyone will be okay with that. But if 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 it's if yeah. it's not that, I think we're gonna have a lot of guys yelling and screaming next Tuesday night. Yeah, and I'm I'm okay with that. I'm not these you know other guys like oh we're gonna win and we're gonna. I'm not you know I look at football like you know you got to like look put your homerism to the side there and look at the whole thing. You know you look at Miami's offense. I'm more I have more confidence their offense or defense. The front seven scares the hell out of me. You know. When you look at their offensive line, I mean, I don't know, you know how it's like, you know, if you don't know the guys, like, on paper, if you just look at their height and their weight, you would think, you know, Miami finally has a big offensive line. You, mm-hmm. know, you have Donaldson and, and, and Rivers and, you know, you know, I think Gaynor's the smallest guy in the offensive line, you know. So, I mean, we know, you know, Bama has a better defensive line, but they should at least be able to compete. You know, I mean, it's not like, we're, you know, they have, you know, they have guys six five, three fifty, three three thirty. You know, when you know Donaldson and, and Rivers are a huge, big guys. Um, they got you know older wide receivers. They have some experience in running back. They have if if you go into a game like this, you have you know King. Yeah, he's experienced. You have the, you know Bryson. He's a he's you know he has a lot of potential. But you're going to go with the experienced guy. You know, so they should be able to at least do something. My thing is just. You know how they're going to ha- ha- uh, hold up in defense. My, would you do you think in this game, knowing that Bama has a rookie uh, quarterback, I think they're going to run the ball, try to pound it. Would you put you know uh, the the D tackle, the Miller and uh, and the and what's the and Ford in the middle? Because those two two guys are six four, six five, over three hundred mm-hmm. pounds. I mean, I, they're not the greatest, but I mean, they're big you know, to try to stop the run at least somewhat. or so, I don't think this is like a, a Silvera type of game for him. I think he'll be more on third down. But, mm-hmm. you know, you got to yeah. stop the run somehow. I'm betting they'll be prepared to do some of that. Uh, but, you know, uh-huh. Jared Harrison Hunt's the kind of kid that you can do, like, you could stunt with. You know, he's quick. I mean, he... He right. can, you know, uh, you know I, I just think Manny is going to... He's going to go for this. Like, he's not... Manny's he's a gambler. He's not Manny's not going to just sit yeah. there and 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 get steamrolled. He's he's going to take chances. He's going to try to make things happen. You got to. Uh, yeah. You have to in this game. Yeah, like you can't go toe to toe with this team and expect it to turn out well. So uh, this is Manny's life here. This game to Manny Diaz is worth. If 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 he can come out of this looking good, I mean this this game's worth. You know, four eight million dollars probably to him. Like seriously, I mean, it's like it, <laughs> yeah. it, it's like you know, he's just trying to get to uh, um, an extension from Blake James. So this this yeah, is a yeah, huge can, huge day for Manny. Yeah, you can't hold nothing back in this game. Like you know, most you know, Oswald Camp fans they don't expect to win, but we just wanted to compete. But pretty much just you know, this my, my last point is you know this season how the schedule uh, is. Placed and all these home games and this and the, the, the break they have before North Carolina. You know what? They, you know they better at least the minimum is nine. Or how you mentioned nine games, because if not, you know this uh, enough is enough. Every year is always something. Like how the last caller says, always something. You know, as a Canes fan, these past twenty years have been. You know, I can't. It's like annoying every every year. So this year. You know, there, there's no excuses. You have an older team. You have an older quarterback. You have an older offensive line. 
Okay, you have a lot of older guys on this team. Enough is enough. You know, you you know, after week one, they better go on a winning streak, and they better not have an excuse unless you get like a whole bunch of injuries. You know, I don't want to hear excuses this year. You know, because the the past several years we've been complaining, oh, we don't have enough older players. Everybody leaves, blah blah blah, this and that, and whatever. Now we have an older team with a lot of experience, a lot of starts. They need to put up or shut up or find somebody to do, you know, to, you know, to direct this team because enough is enough. And you know, I, I, that's my last point. Thanks, All right, man. Thank you for being part of the show. Give us a call next week. All right, let me uh, attack a couple of these questions. Um, you know, those of you that are waiting, we'll get right back to your calls. Um, but some good questions were sent in. Will we see Pope and Wiggins getting meaningful reps this year, or have the three amigos earned Lashley's trust? That's a really darn good question. I, you know, the three amigos have definitely earned Lashley's trust. Um, my thing is it becomes a program management situation. And like if those true freshman receivers are the difference between uh, you winning and losing, then you got to put them out on the field. But if they're just going to play a couple plays here or there, then my philosophy is you play each of them four times. You could play them in four games and they could still redshirt and preserve a year of eligibility. There's no guarantee that all those kids are going to the NFL after three years, you know, preserve their eligibility and, and build and build the program from the bottom up. Uh, so that's what I would do. Uh, you know, I just think there's, there's so many bodies out there. Uh, you know, right now I don't see those freshmen making that level of impact, but if they're capable of making that level of impact, then you got to run with them and no Pope and Wiggins don't play anymore, but you know, Wiggins is right now second team. Pope's trying to get into the rotation. He's kind of out of it right now. Um, so we'll see what happens with him, but uh, the three amigos are definitely earning trust. They have had a great training camp. Um, okay, overall mood, culture, and focus of the team heading into Bama week, I would say it's very good. I mean, th- this team, I think the locker room's great. I think they're together. They seem to like each other. Um, the cult, the, you know, it, it just it it seems it seems to be in a pretty good place in in, in terms of that. Um, they they say they've they've worked hard hard enough. I mean, so you know we're we're not there every minute of every day to to see exactly what they're doing. But what the feedback we get from the players that we talk to is that the work ethic has been there and that these guys have put in the time and and effort. And uh, you know we'll see Saturday. You know, like like the uh, the last caller just said, it's like there's there's a difference between losing and there's a difference between losing but still having been competitive and represented yourself well. And I, and I think that's what – I mean, I think people realize and, and the Canes Nation realizes that winning this game is a long shot, but I think they're looking for a different type of, 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 of look to their football team. And, and I think they want to see these kids go out there and be well-organized and well-schooled and, um, and be competitive. And there's certainly enough talent on the offensive side of the ball – to be competitive. So, uh, you know, we'll see what happens in that regard. Um, okay, 563-999-3550, 563-999-3550. Hit one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go to the 202. You're live on Sport Live. What's up, Gary? This is Deuce from D.C. Hey, what's up, Deuce? I think we're getting a basketball much, player man. from there tomorrow. Possibly. I think we're... I think, I think we're getting a basketball player from D.C. tomorrow. 
You ever hear Christian Watson? No, I haven't. But um, that doesn't mean too much. I'm not. You're I'm not a hoops, uh, you're not a hoops guy. Not, not as much as not as much as football. Yeah. Not all right. So what football. you got for us tonight? Um, so uh, first of all, I'm glad that uh, I don't got to go to war with you guys. That's been calling in, uh, because everything is. We went through this last year before the first game of the season. It's a new season, so you can't drag what happened last season into this this season, number one. Everybody wants to talk about North Carolina and stuff like that. Before the North Carolina game, we didn't practice. Players and coaches were wiped out with COVID. They ran the same play the whole game, Gary. They ran a counter, and they ran an off-tackle or sweep, those three plays. And it was – it wasn't. It wasn't the linebackers by themselves. It was the D line, the linebackers, and the safeties. Everybody had a bad game, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't know if you noticed. If you want to, if you if you want to beat us, you run the ball, you have ball control, and then you you squeeze us on defense so that we go three and out, right? That's what Clemson did. That's what North Carolina did. That's what Alabama's going to try to do. The whole point is this. We got to make a decision whether we're going to be beta fans or alpha fans as well. You can't want the kids to be alphas, and then you're sitting here, you know, with, with your tail between your legs. We're playing a football game. This is not NOM. This is not the Korean War. This is a football game. So everybody's going to wake up the next day. Football is blocking and tackling. So at the end of the day, they have better personnel than we have. So you, you understand, you know, what, what we're up against. But the whole notion of – you know, before the games even play, everybody's all already down. It's, it's it's absurd. I just wanted to touch on a couple of things. So, you talked about Earl Little, right? Earl Little mm-hmm. is a microcosm of what's wrong with Miami's recruiting in South Florida. These coaches, parents, and kids would rather go to another university and you know kiss their ASS over go to Miami. And you have to ask yourself why. In his situation, you already talked about that, right? So he has an axe to grind, similar to Chad Wilson. They had an axe mm-hmm. to grind, right? Yep. So now all of a sudden, Miami did everything for you, put you in the league, gave you, you know, gave you the opportunity to put yourself in position for your son to be where he is. But now it's not good enough for your son because you, you feel like you got bigger and better. No problem. At the end of the day, the South Florida community, as far as recruiting, is the worst of any uh, they always talk about the fertile recruiting. That that's not, it's not fertile for Miami because they have their hand out. All right. So you talk about Shamar Stewart. Shamar Stewart isn't signed sealed to go anywhere else right now. It's not over. But the schools that are recruiting him are what type of schools, Gary? They're bag schools. And, mm-hmm. and everyone thinks, oh, it's not this. No, that's that's very true. Th- those kids that go to school in Athens, Georgia, are miserable. They're miserable. They're going there because they're getting paid and they're getting an opportunity to play in the SEC. That's another reason why the kids go to go to, go to, uh, to all the other schools because you have the coaches in the community and you have the you know the runners and all of those guys telling them about how great the SEC is. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If you turn the NFL on, guys, you saying these you saying who who the hell knows where Scotty Miller went to school? Do you know where Shaq Barrett went to school? He went to Colorado State. He he just terrorized the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? So all this SEC talk, it, it's, it's, it, it gets to the kids it's supposed to get to. At the end of the day, you know, the, 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 the coaches and the recruits in the community have to decide whether they're going to be on the tape or whether they want to represent for, you know, where they're from. And apparently they want to be on the tape. So as long as that's the case, 
That's that's what we're up against. Manny tried to fix these things. He hired Travis Williams. He hired T. Rob. Travis Williams jumped on the first thing smoking at UCF. He's not calling mm-hmm. the plays up there, Gary. He just got a bump, and he, he he gets to look like he's in charge, so that maybe when he does actually call plays, it, it, it makes that you know getting that job much easier. So Manny's tried to fix these things. The defense, you me and you had this thing last year where you told me Blake Baker was running Manny's defense, right? Now, mm-hmm. when you watch this game or you watch the first five or six games, we're going to revisit this. I'm telling you what I know. He was not running Manny's defense. He was running a lot of the stuff he ran at Louisiana Tech, and they had the same principles, but he gave him autonomy as far as how he wanted to structure things from a formation standpoint, from a line, lineup standpoint. If you notice, sometimes the guys would stand up on the edge, sometimes they wouldn't, things of that nature. He, he, he wasn't trying to, you know, uh, uh, stub his toe or – or, or, or contain him as far as the ceiling goes. So he, he did give him some leeway. Watch how, how different the defense looks with Manny, and then you have Shoup's influence there as well. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned, in the last – since Rick, right, since Rick, we never played a good offensive game and a good defensive game at the same time, right? Even when we did, it was smoke and mirrors. Notre Dame was smoke and mirrors. We didn't necessarily have a great offensive game. We only really scored 34 points, right? And a couple of those came off of turnovers and short fields. Uh, when, we, when we blew North Carolina out, Larry Fedora's last time coaching them, right? It was smoke and mirrors. We had a pick six. Joe, Joe Jackson took a, a, a return back, right? We never, ever played a, a real clean game on offense and defense in, in five or six years. That has yet to happen. Now, this Alabama game is not – Everybody's talking about our linebackers, right? Okay. Notre Dame has better linebackers than us. What happened to them? Ohio State has better linebackers than us. What happened to them? It, the linebackers aren't going to save us, Gary. That's, that's, that's not, that's not going to do anything. Well, but it's hard to We're play defense have to without good points. linebackers. Would you agree with that? A hundred percent. But what I'm telling you is that's not going to make or break us because we're not going in with the with the with the notion that we got to shut these guys down. We got to outscore them. We got to outscore this them. This is no not going to be. Yeah. yeah this, this is not going to be a. Uh, you know, our linebackers are good enough for us to be anybody else on the schedule except for Alabama, with the exception of maybe Clemson. Right. Outside of that, our linebackers are good enough to be North Carolina. Boise State has some linebackers that are not good as ours right now. They get on the field, they steam them up. You wouldn't know that. Clemson's linebackers, from an athletic standpoint, aren't aren't better than ours from an athletic standpoint. But they steam it up, right? And mm-hmm. some sign stealing is involved as well. But they do what they do. My point is, we got to outscore these guys. You know, they didn't. Uh, Ohio State didn't lose the national championship because they couldn't stop them on offense. They couldn't score as much points as them. That's that's the name of the game. Ole Miss scored 48. It wasn't enough, right? So we got to mm-hmm. score points. Us having D.J. Jennings doesn't matter if we don't score 42 points. You know, it's null and void. So my thing is, you know, we, we it's a game that, that's, that's tailor-made for us to lose. I totally get that. I'm not saying I'm a homer, but I'm not ever going into any game scared to death because of who we're playing because it's football. We're not playing the 85 Bears. This is Alabama week one with the freshman quarterback. And truth be told, outside of these last four years when they had uh, Judy Ruggs, Waddle, and uh, Smith, 
Alabama is a one-trick pony as far as receivers are concerned, right? Usually you just have one guy on the outside killing you. That's probably what it's going to be this year. It's probably going to be Messi killing you, and they'll probably sprinkle some other stuff in with the other guys they have. But the number one thing is Messi. What they're going to do is run the football because they don't want the quarterback throwing the ball 30, 40 times a game. So I agree with everyone. We have to stop the run. We're probably not going to be able to stop the run. So what he's going to do is basically it's possibly going to be a, 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 some bend but don't break element, meaning we're going to play him a particular way when we're, you know what I'm saying, between the 20 and 20, when we get when they get inside of 20, then we can play a little different. You know what I'm saying? But at That's the end of the day, goals. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, even if we don't, what we can't do is we can't allow them to run the football, control the tempo, and then when we get the ball, we go three and out. That's 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 – that's what killed us last year against Clemson. No, the, I mean, you're, was, you're right. The onus is on the offense this year, no question about it. They're further along. they got better 100%. players. they they got to come through, no doubt. All right, man, let me let some of these other guys so, get on. Thanks for being part of the show. Absolutely. You got it, man. Talk to you next week. Give us a call. All right, 563-999-3550. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go to the 706. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, how you doing? It's your boy, Sebastian. How are you? Hey, what's up, Sebastian? How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. Hey, I'll be at the game, so I just need to find out, first of all, how can I find you? Um, if Unless they prohibit us because of COVID, I'll be on the field before the game. Okay. You know, from like, right. you know, I plan on getting yeah. there early. So. Yeah, I'll be I'll be down okay. on the sideline for, for pregame and stuff. So, uh, yeah, just holler at okay. me. Okay. Okay, will do. First thing I have to do is I, I, I got to start off a little negative. It, 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 I, I like your your videos in the morning. You definitely keep me updated. But, man, Matt Shodell, he seems like the most negative person I've ever seen, man. I I'm, I mean, <laughs> he's what not. is he happy about? I mean, no, he's, he's just, I'm like, man. He's, he's, like he, he's not. He's just he's long, like man. a lot of guys on the show, man. It's like. You know, you got to understand. We've been, we've been like, you, you see this happen for 20 straight years, where the team underachieves. You start to kind of like believe like it's not going to happen any differently. You know, I mean, it's never going to get better. You know, it's never going to get better, and I'm just like, yeah. So, so you know, this, but, this, this, this is what I want to find out. I think I, I think we're out. I okay, think we're so. pretty good about just calling what's positive positive, and but but keeping it real. Like you know, it's like what good would we be? If we sat here and blew smoke up your guys' butts every day, like we have to tell it like it is, you know. And then, like I did tonight, I went through the whole team. I said what was great. I said no, where the problems no. are. But, 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 I mean, we have to start somewhere. And when I say we have to start somewhere, I mean it was just a couple of years ago that was we was beating North Carolina by fifty points, and they beat us the last two years. So I mean, every year is a new season and new opportunities. And, you know, it's a different team. You know, Alabama was the number one team last year, but they have a different team they're going to put on the field this year. And all things have to come together, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying we're going to beat them, but I just don't walk into the game saying that absolutely under no circumstance we will not – we don't have a chance to win this game. You never well, know. Yeah, I mean, and and you're right. You're totally right game. about that. And, and, and I've been saying that. I've, I've done a lot of radio shows this week and stuff, and I've been saying that. Uh, you know, obviously the the you know the odds are stacked against the Canes in this game, but like it doesn't mean they have to go up there and be inept. I mean, like we have a story tomorrow morning on the site, like I said, that that, that talks about an area of weakness that we've 
seen in Alabama that we think Miami might be able to exploit. Like, yeah, it doesn't have to be so hopeless. I mean, it, I mean, if, if lightning strikes just right, I mean, shoot, we were the number one team in the nation. We went to Pro Bowl and we lost, you know. So, you know, and, and it doesn't hurt that I'm Alabama's number one hater. But, you know, I mean, you never know what's going to happen. Here, here, here's the thing that I wanted you to kind of take a look at and just and, and just kind of schematically see. If North Carolina was playing Alabama, would they be the three-touchdown underdog? Probably. I mean, this. We're, I mean, I guess what what I'm saying is we're playing Alabama, who has for the last ten plus years been the top college football team in the nation, and so we're gonna put a we're gonna put a, a team on the field like every other team that has played them teams in the SEC that don't do well. And I'm not saying we're not playing for a moral victory, but the thing I always say is, look, just try it. It's one play at a time. Just try to win one play at a time and take the game into the fourth quarter and see what happens. I mean, you know, like I said, this is a new team. I know it's Alabama, but this is a new team. This is not last year's team. You know, this ain't, you know, Devontae Smith and, you know, Matt Jones and Najee Harris. This, this, this is another Alabama team that they're putting on the field. And I think we need to be mindful of not trying to put collectively what they've done on the last 14 years and say they're bidding, they're putting that team on the field. You know, all these guys are going to have new players, new positions or whatnot. I mean, yeah, this, this quarterback was a star recruit that's coming out, but, you know, this is the first time he's going to be playing under the game in life when it's really going to count. You know, this is not cupcake and stuff. So all I'm saying is, you know, I just want our team to go out there and get on the field and just present themselves like we deserve to be on the field with these guys and let the best man win, you know. If we won this game on a 48-yard field goal with two seconds left, I would not be surprised. Mm-hmm. I would not be surprised at all. You well, know, the I mean, the, the, uh, won, but I wouldn't be, sure, would be surprised. The, ne- the next question that I was going to get to that was submitted on the message boards was, could a perfect storm brew if this team shows up and performs at a high level and does not go down quietly type of loss. And, uh, you know, I think that goes along the lines of what you're saying. Like, you know, maybe they, they, they win, maybe they don't win, but if they play a quality game, it gives them something to build on for the rest of the season. And, uh, you know, to me, that's the most important thing about this game. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and, and the other thing I was taking a look at is, you know, the one thing I can say about, you know, Manny, and I've been hard on, you know, the Canes, for the last couple of years is, you know, look, you fix what's broken, you know, and insanity is just doing absolutely nothing or just doing the same thing. You fix what's broken, but we're putting a totally different team on the field, and so is Alabama. It is the first game of the season, and so many things can happen. And I've seen high-ranked teams lose to teams all the time. And why can't that be Miami on Saturday? That's all. That, that, that's all I'm saying. Why can't it be Miami on Saturday? You know, all you need is the ball to bounce a couple of ways. You know, some unforced errors, and you maximize on them. You limit your, you know, unforced errors and so forth. You take a game in the fourth quarter with four minutes left. You know, I'm and I'm telling you, if if we're in the game and it's four minutes left and we have Derrick King, I think we have a shot. Of course you do. I just really believe. 
they have a they have a brand new offensive coordinator that they're bringing into the game, a brand new quarterback. Schematically, so many things they're doing. This is not last year's team. Now, if we was playing Alabama's last year's team, I'd be like, yeah, you know, I'll take 21 points. Yeah, we're going to lose by that. I just don't know our team needs to walk in that stadium thinking that, you know what, there's absolutely no way we're going to win. Why even go, you know? You go, you play the game, and you see how things turned out. I mean, the Patriots beat the Rams. You remember when the Patriots beat the Rams in the Super Bowl, the greatest team on turf? No one gave them a chance, and they found a way to win. That's all I'm saying. I just want our guys to go out there and play. Don't worry about, you know, they're a bigger team. You know, they have all this depth and all this other stuff. Look, play one play at a time, one series at a time, and just see where it goes. All righty, man. We'll, 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 we'll see what happens, and um, you know, call back next Tuesday, and we'll uh, we'll evaluate. But I think you make some all great right. points. If we, if we win, I want to be the first caller. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, you're gonna have a hard time <laughs> being the first caller. Those guys, like they 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 got the, the you know the, the queue opens up like 15 minutes before the show, and those I guys think you got, got it on, on speed. speed dial. Here is what I think. <laughs> they got it on speed dial. There's no question about it. Greg, um, you know, he. he, he I mean, he he usually gets everything, in first. Uh, that, everything yeah. it's usually between everything and Greg. It's like a stampede to that number one hole. <laughs> yeah, but but it's I'll all good. I'll see you on Saturday, right. man. I hope to see you on Saturday. You got it, man. Uh, we'll, and we'll talk to you next week. Five six three nine 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 three five five zero. Hit one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. We're going up to the eight five zero now. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Okay, eight five zero just dropped on us. Let's go to the nine seven three. You are live on Kane Sport Live. Nine seven three, you with us? Going once. Gary, 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 Gary. Oh my God, Ross, we almost we we I almost wiped you out there. Where, where were you? Why is it? Oh my God, man! How how is it? Oh, why is it? Oh, oh my God! It's Ross! It's Ross! Oh man! I almost whacked you. You were almost gone into oblivion. <laughs> how you been, man? <laughs> Have you had a good off season? Um, topsy turvy, man. A lot of people don't know that word that that phrase means. Topsy turvy. Topsy turvy. Yeah. What, what happened? Did you get, all, did you get COVID all, or something? No, no, no. I didn't do that. I got my. I'm right. fully vaccinated and um. Um, you know, involved with the basketball and um, got a little sick, but it wasn't COVID at all. It's just natural. No, you can't cough mm-hmm. no more. You can't tell somebody you got a headache. They think COVID. No, not not for me. I know, it's crazy, <laughs> huh? Just regular life. That's regular life. Um, so what's up, man? What you got hopefully, for us? Hopefully, we all mature. We all mature. To another, you know, it's another year. We're, I hear a lot of panic. I hear a lot of panic, and um, this ain't the time to to come on and bash Manny or the, this administrative. But I do want to make a couple of points. I mean, you kind of opened the door for us to discuss it real fast. So you're saying that you're not impressed with the recruitment, and I understand why. Um, it's sometimes when a new crew has come in, a couple of coaches, they get they get the brunt of what's been going on in the past. So many hire some guys, they're new, and we're still talking about. Well, you mentioned that we haven't done a good job of recruiting. Um, to, to help Manny out a little bit, there's nothing he could do about what happened with Williams. He tried to bring a good linebacker coach in. He got hired away. Mm-hmm. But what we can blame him with in the administration is what we brought in 
the um the the person that uh, the linebacker coach that went on to LSU. He was our defensive coordinator. Usually, when you get promoted or you get another job, you don't get the linebacker coach at LSU. You move on to something bigger, and 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 it just tells you what was going on as far as how we was recruiting when he was here. Manny, if we want to put some pressure on Manny, Manny, this is it's always been your defense, right? So what's going on with you recruiting linebackers? So if we're concerned about our linebackers today, it's Manny and the guys that they had recruiting. So I'm I'm frustrated too, Gary. I'm frustrated too with uh, we can't recruit certain guys. You had a call on before, not this caller, but the one before. He was making some great, great points by a lot of guys is on the take. I know me and you kind of went over the years. We kind of go back and forth on that. Ross, I don't want you coming on here and talking about guys on the take. But they were on the take, and they're still on the take. And what's going to probably bridge that a little bit, what's going to bridge that, Gary, is the fact that with the NIL, okay? Mm-hmm. Because now certain guys, you know, certain coaches or workers out there is doing all this illegal stuff, now it's not considered illegal anymore, right? So now these guys can get their fair share of money, and they don't need the street agents as much anymore. So that's going to get fizzled out, but there's still going to be some big number of guys that um that goes through that. Now with the kid um the kid that was on 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 Miami campus for the barbecue, then he was back the next day, then he was back the next day. Shamar Stewart. How about yeah. Now I hear you being concerned, and you know what, Gary? And I hate to sound like an old schooler. I sound a little different this year. I'm not. If that kid, I want him to. I want him. What more can we do? We had him on campus 16,000 times. We do want you, son. You want to come and make a difference with our program? We put two or three or maybe four defensive linemen, the end, in the league. We, it's obviously, we could get it done. We're considered now Miami DNU, in a sense. So if you can't picture that, and the people that's around you, you're coming in with the NIL. You'll be, the minute you sign your, 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 your letter of intent, you could do some NIL stuff. If, if they're not letting you know that and you're not aware of that and you're still not coming, this is Miami. We just made history by being, a, as far as these NIL, we're leading the pack. Now, there's going to be some people catch up because they always do to Miami, but we, we're leading the pack at NIL. My point is, man, if you want to come, come. We've showed him everything we needed to show him. Gary, I can't blame the guys if he can't if he doesn't want to come. But I'm not a real big fan of certain people that we had a position coaches. I'm not. You know I'm not a big fan of Pikey. And we got two guys that's coaching two different linebacker positions, which is kind of weird to me. The guy Ishmael is doing what? The outside guys and Packy is doing the inside guys? Stop confusing. You're not only confusing the fans, you're confusing the recruits. Well, no, I mean, um, um, no, I mean, it, it's not, it's not inside outside. It's, it's linebackers and strikers. Well, I don't see. Well, no, I purposely before I got took the call and I made the call, I went and I looked at our website. A striker coach is not even listed. Now, Nobody coach is just coaching. He's coaching the, the strikers. He's there mostly for recruiting. And I agree. And I agree. And I, and I agree with you, Gary. So here's my thing. We're bringing in some guys. We've got to let it play through. You know, it's, it's unfortunate when new guys come in. They, again, they take the burden of what happened with the older guys. Gary, I think we're going to – this this game, it, it concerns me, but I'm more concerned about this. And you made good points a couple of years ago, and I'm coming back to it here. 
you've always said, do not make this game get your behind whooped up to the point where you're, you're, you're destroyed and you can't recover physically for the mm-hmm. games that you're going to need to win in the, down the road. Do I want to win this game? Hell yeah. Do I want to go out there and impress some people? Hell yeah. This big time but, uh, football. But guess what? I don't want my, my quarterback coming out <laughs> destroyed. I don't want guys limping off the field or certain things and not be able to perform in the next four weeks or so. But what do you think of this, Russ? Somebody posted on the message board the other day that De'Ara King shouldn't play in this game because he's going to get beat up. No, that's that's nonsense. Um, That's nonsense, right? You can't. Yeah, that's nonsense. Competitors compete. Um, The minute the minute he this is a game of that kid's life. He's waited his whole life for the minute he tries something like that. Here's the crazy thing: That, that, that person might be just. He's a casual, I hate to do it, but it's not like a casual guy just doesn't come in. He's dropping the kite and not knowing, what he, knowing where he's going. Here's the thing. A, a minute a, a kid like that make a decision like that, he just threw away all his NIL and all the stuff that he's, he's been working for because who wants to represent a guy that's, 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 that's trying to wait for the, biz, the biggest game of his career? So what, what, why, why are we giving you money? Why are we, we making you the face of it or whatever if you're not going to play in the big-time stuff? Win, lose, or draw, we've chosen you. Go play the game. You're not the only one that's going to play big-time games this year. You're not the only one that might lose this game. So what? Play the game, be a competitor, and be an example for your team. That's why he's going to play the game. He's going to be an example for his team. He's already, he's already doing big-time stuff by stepping on that field and coming back from an injury that was unfortunate, took the air out of the team, took the life out of the team, and now he's back what is it, Gary, seven, eight months later on the field? So let's mm-hmm. not, you know, the, one of the things that concerns me also is I, I know family members listen to this. I know friends listen to these shows, and I get, I get, I get really concerned that I'm going to criticize a kid. But it, it, it kind of still bothers me to see the halls playing safety. I wanted a new life there. Whoever it was, I wanted a new blood. Well, uh, you know, James you know? Williams and Cam Kitchens just might not be ready to take on that type of responsibility yet. You know? I understand. I understand. And that comes back again to just having guys, you know, stockpiling guys. But I'm just saying, I mean, I'm just not a – maybe he could prove me wrong. I don't look at him as a ball hog. I don't look at him as a, a – a, as the lack of a better word, a striking safety. What is Hall? What is he? He's I just mean, a, he annoys he, He's just a, a – a, 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 Relatively decent college. A guy that's winning twenty six. A guy that's winning twenty six that we anointed and was praying that he could play like. I thought that was nonsense to do that. That was nonsense to stick the twenty six on him and ask him to play like someone who was a damn all the thing here. Are you kidding me? So, so hopefully we can move away from that. Um, I do want to touch on um, with the young men that everybody is saying that should have got suspended and not um, miss these six games. I kind of predicted that he was going to come back um, the Carolina game. That's just me speaking with my heart and not necessarily with my head. And I'm not surprised that they're they, they going to make him miss the North Carolina game. That's almost like a, a give back to the university or the people that, that's making these decisions if he could come back to that. That's like giving them a game. Hopefully it doesn't bite us. You know, hopefully we, we're, we're strong and we're good and we could beat Carolina because Gary ain't going to lie to you. I want that one too. And um, basically, man, I'm just I'm 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 gonna take my the entire day off. I'm gonna look at games before that. And here's a kicker: I'm looking forward to the Carolina um, Virginia Tech game the night before, because there's going to be a lot of overreaction in that game. 
mm-hmm. how they play and how they don't play to what people are going to think what kind of season we're going to have or not have. Remember, mm-hmm. these games are going to get played before we play. So all I can say, man, I'm not going to predict a, point, a score. What I'm predicting is that we come out of there healthy and we're, we're competitive and we're competitive in, the, um, on, on this, in, in this game because a lot of people are going to be watching that game and after, and I just want to be competitive. And I want, I want to be not a lot of injuries coming in at this game because we have bigger fish to fry, as to say, right? We have bigger fish to fry, too. Because these, right, guys, these guys are not in our conference, so we got bigger fish to fry. So. No doubt, man. All right, man. All right, give us a call All next right. Tuesday, man. Great to hear your voice again. Appreciate it. Put me on hold. All right, talk to you next week. Right. Let's go to the 210. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Zero, you with us? Zero, you with us? Hearing everything twice. All right, uh, you'll have to call back. Um, let's go to the 954. You're live on Kane Sport Live. 954, are you with us? Going once, going twice. All right, you're, you got to call back next time, too. Uh, let's go to the 850. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Tell me, Gary. That's you, man. Hey, just got to apologize earlier. I accidentally hit the end button. Yeah, you hit the wrong my, uh, button. I knew button. you did that. Yeah, you dropped as soon as I brought you on. <laughs> Who's this? Yeah, this is Travis, man. Still up What's here in Tallahassee, how, unfortunately. Yeah, how you been? Got to get out of what, this town. What's going <laughs> on up good, in Tallahassee these days? Uh, How's everything going up there? I, I don't hear such great no. things about their football team. No, I wouldn't expect very much from them. Uh, even though my roommate's still trying to pump how great of a team they're going to be, but I mean, come on, let's be real. But that kind of ties into one of my points. I was going to leave it for my last point, but since you brought him up, let me let me ask: like, how does a team like the FSU Seminoles, for example, that have been for the last couple of years, right? I mean, we that we have manhandled for what four years in a row, you know, mm-hmm. won every game, how with a new coach? How, how do they recruit us? How do they get players that we're actually going after down here from Miami to come up here to this town? Because I live in this town. This town sucks. It's a great question. Yeah, like, how, how does that happen? It's a it's a great question. I'm not saying question. they have the greatest recruiting I mean, class of all time or anything like that, but how how is – I just don't I mean, understand. So, sometimes um, people do a better job of recruiting. Sometimes they outwork you. Um, I mean, there could be a lot of reasons. You know, sometimes it well, could yeah, be a yeah. connection. Uh, you get negative recruiting. Which it could be a I, I connection. How could you negative recruit when you've lost to us four times, you know, stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, no, I mean, it, it could be a connection. I mean, there, there could be a lot of things going on. Is, is it just is it just Miami? Is, is it the problem that we're in one of the most fertile recruiting grounds and that we focus way too much on these players that are never going to come to us? before we actually go looking out of state and finding kids that actually no, want to play this year the they've, they've gone out of state. Like they're, they're, they're doing a good job of that, you know, going out of state. They're, yeah, um, they, they did a good job of that through the month of June and July, but right now we're in a stagnant period where every single other player that we've been going after is pretty much an in-state kid, and it's not looking good. You know, like, I mean, we all know the names, the Stewarts, the, the Saints, you know, all these kids that none of them look like they're coming here. I, you know, I don't care what. Wesley Besant got to say, man, I bet you money at the end of the day that kid's not a Miami Hurricane. Then you go to the Earl Littles of the world. You, you, thanks for enlightening us with that story because I didn't know the, the thing about his dad. I just thought his dad kept saying that, uh, well, you know, Alabama puts DBs into it. Miami's proven 
if you're a good player, you're going to get drafted. doesn't matter who the coach is. Even Al Golden's players got drafted, you know? I mean, it's re- recruiting with Miami is just one of the most frustrating things, and I, I hope that at some point this season you actually really go through what is happening with Miami over the last decade with recruiting because there's, there's something that us as fans, we don't know that's happening behind the scenes, and it's not just money, you know? It's not bags. Completely, mm-hmm. you know, there's something else that where there's a bit a bridge that's been burned or too many bridges that have been burned, and I, I would love to hear those answers at some point. Um, also, basically everything I wanted to say was said by like BK Hurricane and people like them, so I'll just keep this real short. Uh, I wanted to thank you for the YouTube show in the morning. It's a great way to start your day, man. Keep that up. That's awesome. Oh, good. I'm glad you like that. Out doing too much, but no, that's an amazing show. I love waking up to that. And uh, compared to the other guy, I love Matt Shodell, man. That guy's like a breath of fresh air because I feel like I get the the honest awesome. truth, you know. The yeah. uh, you know, you guys are kind of like that the odd couple, you know, or whatever. You know, <laughs> you're a little bit more sunshine. He's a little bit more rain. You know, I, I dig that aspect. That what you, what you guys are going back and forth on that. Yeah, but he he gives. He gives a good perspective, so make sure he's always on there. And uh, just my last question, um, I'm working tomorrow night, so I won't be able to catch the Lamar show, but he's my all-time favorite uh, Hurricane. Oh, so, Lamar's uh, the best, man. I'm looking so forward to that. Yeah. We're going to have a great, we're gonna have a great day. Tomorrow night's show, everybody that's listening, make sure you listen to the Lamar Thomas show tomorrow night. It's going to be fun. We got some, we yeah, got some yeah. good that, stuff. That guy, is, get... he's royalty. He's Kane royalty now. Yeah, and we got some good um, stuff going is, on. Is there going to be a replay, or can I find it on the site? Or oh, absolutely, how can I find 100%. Like, yeah, it'll be, it'll be live on, on the YouTube channel, and then it'll be available on, on, you know, for replay. Absolutely. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank, thank you so much, man. Just keep me on for whatever you got left, and uh, thanks for all your hard work, man. Really appreciate it. No sweat, man. Thanks for calling in. All right, let me uh, t- attack a couple more of these questions here. Um, how would you measure the growth and trajectory of Manny – in a one-game snapshot in this scenario, oh boy! Yeah, I mean, listen, you don't want to. It's not you can't measure the growth and trajectory of Manny in a one-game snapshot in, in, when you're playing Alabama and going against Nick Saban. Um, here, here, here's what I think. I think Manny's grown in this job. Um, I, th- I think that the Manny that you have today in year three is better than the Manny in year one, um, but. My my feeling is that Miami football should not have to go through this. Like you know, like like we shouldn't be. Miami football should not be in, in a situation like this ever again. And you know, if, if hopefully Manny makes it big, and, and in the next couple of years they find a way to win the ACC title or something, and he proves that he's capable of leading this program to a, a you know significant accomplishment. Um, but. If it doesn't work out that way, this program should never be in this situation again. This is not a lab experiment. Miami football is, 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 is should be better than a lab experiment. And you know, Manny had his first head coaching job. He was headed to Temple, um, and all this growth and learning and development and uh, remaking coaching staffs and all the stuff that Miami has been living through the last few years. Uh, could have been being done at Temple, you know, uh, you know, and I feel bad for Manny because I mean he's, he, you know, he's he's trying so, you know, he's he's trying everything. I mean, he's shaking it up every year. He's showing the willingness to replace coaches. Some of them were very good friends of his. Um, so he's, you know, he's given it a yeoman's effort. It's just, it's so hard. Like this is, 
This is not an easy job. This is a hard job. It's a brutal business. And you have to be so rock solid in every single area in, in, in this profession. And when you haven't done it before, you haven't won uh, anything before, when you haven't recruited at the top levels of the game, recruited the best players in the country, and you know how to go about doing that, and you, you, you know how to be a difference maker, uh, when you're going head-to-head with Alabama and Ohio State and Georgia for a top-shelf offensive lineman or a top-shelf player, you know how to win that battle. Okay, but like, and when you're a first-time head coach, when you haven't been in those type of programs, you don't necessarily know the way. And um, you know, so you know, I feel for Manny because you know Manny's trying to make this work. He had every reason to take the job. I mean, you know, he's going to be financially secure for life. But you know, I just think that sometimes. Um, you know, you maybe can be a little over ambitious in life and it doesn't just go for football coaches. It goes for any of us. You know, it's like, you can't take uh, a guy who's a salesman, uh, entry level salesman and make him the CEO of the company. I mean, you know, it, it's like, you have to go through those incremental steps. You got to pay your dues. And, um, you know, I just think that Miami can't, can't, it, it, you know, Miami's not, it can't be in the developmental business, uh, uh, you know, at, at this point of, you know, we've been doing this for 20 years and it hasn't been working and it's been mistake after mistake after mistake. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, I, I, I think Manny's, you know, again, went through the off season. I think he made his staff better. Um, I think they got some key pieces in the transfer portal. Saturday, we start to find out whether it's enough and whether, this team can go win 10 games and, and get itself to Charlotte and go take a shot against Clemson and maybe be a little more competitive this time. Um, I think that's what people are looking for at this stage. I don't think anybody's harboring any illusions that Miami's winning the national title this year. Uh, I know I'm not. Um, I, I haven't heard anybody say, say that out there. You know, none of our callers tonight have said that. Um, so I don't think it's fair. You can't measure him based on a one-game scenario here. Uh, you have to look at the complete body of work. And it's year three now, and I think it's it's time to make a move. Um, I think if they're unable to make a move this year, then I think next year he's uh, you know he's under some pressure. So you know we'll see what happens. But he, you know he's given it his best shot. It's just when you know when you're first time doing all this and you've never done it before, you know you just got a lot of learning to do. All right, which of my bets do you like better? Miami to win the national championship at 50 to one or the Canes getting 19 points Saturday without a doubt, 19 points on Saturday. That's not even something you got to give a lot of thought to. There's very little chance this team's winning the national title. All right, let me get back to the phone lines and let's go to the two one Oh, you're live on Kane sport live. Two one Oh, you with us going once. Going twice. All right. Um, last call for calls for tonight, 563-999-3550. 563-999-3550. You hit the one on your keypad uh, when you call in. Um, in the meantime, I will attack these last uh, few questions that are before me here. Uh, what is the game plan on offense for us to win this game? I think it's got to be a short passing game. You're not going to win a, a smash-mouth battle against Alabama. We don't have the horses for that. As, as experienced as our offensive line is, run offense has not 
proven to be a strength. In fact, uh, last year we were pretty bad in short yardage situations where we tried to just run the ball and out muscle people. Uh, don't see that working against Bama. I think you got to get rid of the ball quick. Don't take sacks. Don't take negative plays. Put the ball in the hands of the playmakers. Try to isolate those linebackers in single coverage. Make big plays. Put up enough points to stay in the game. And then hope that the gods will align with you and something can happen in the fourth quarter that gives you a chance to win. Uh, to me, that's the game plan. Uh, hopefully it plays out that way. It, it, it may not. We'll see. Um, kickoff and punt return coverage. Uh, Bama has quality depth that can flip the field in their favor. Yeah, I mean, no doubt. When you recruit like those guys recruit, uh, and this is, a, this is a great point and a great question by whoever posted this on the message board is at canesport.com. Um, when you recruit at the level they've been recruiting at, where it really shows up for you is on special teams. Your coverage teams on kicks are, are usually at a higher level because you've got higher grade athletes that are running down and, and covering those kicks. Uh, so conventional wisdom would, would be, that yeah, um, Alabama might have an edge on Saturday. In, in that regard. And then the uh, last question that was submitted, uh, talk about Keontra Smith and the linebackers. What set Keontra apart? Uh, this kid has a, like an it factor. I mean, he, you know, he's undersized, doesn't care. I mean, he's just a football player. He's a baller and he's a confident kid. And I think that's what propelled him to winning the linebacker job, even though he's undersized. I mean, it's a kid that is barely a safety size who's being asked to play linebacker. You know, we'll see Saturday how that works out. But uh, they needed somebody to step up at that position. It, you know, we already all know that it wasn't going well, that, you know, there were a lot of challenges uh, at that spot. And um, so Keontra Smith won the job. And, uh, you know, all the power to him. You know, great, 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 great work by him. All right, that's going to do it for tonight. I want to thank everybody that called in. Uh, great first show of the year. We'll be back next Tuesday night. And, again, I encourage everybody tomorrow night, the Lamar Thomas Show makes its debut. And uh, got some great stuff in store for that. So, uh, for now, until next time, we'll say goodbye, everybody. Step into the world of power, loyalty 
and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VDW Group, no purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.